Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, uh, recorded on a Saturday. Just a beautiful day outside. Just wonderful sun. And, you know, all right, I can't do that anymore. And I don't know why I did that. That was a throwback to the pandemic. Why did I fucking do that? Anyways, hi, how's everyone doing out there? This is Dane Alves, uh, joined, of course, by my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton for an episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Like I said, uh, we do this show. Every Saturday we record it, have it out by Monday or Tuesday next week. So we talk about the past week in wrestling. Uh, we preview shows and we review past shows. And Chris, what are you doing right now? Are you just enjoying that wonderful sun? Yeah, yeah. I just... <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm enjoying the wonderful sun. I'm drinking a noon beer. Shout out nice. to noon beers. And uh, yeah, doing pretty good, man. It was a good week uh, for me at work and stuff. So that that that's always pleasant. And uh, it's the first weekend in a while that I haven't had a ton of shit to do, which is great. I think I, I needed the break. How was your weekend? Uh, what have you been up to? I had another. I mean, I had also a great work week. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to enjoying my weekend. This is Saturday. Uh, uh, the 30th of September, which I call Halloween Eve, uh, the real Halloween Eve, if you will. Um, you know, we're, we're about to be completely, uh, in spooky season. So yeah, just, uh, you know, enjoy myself still watching, uh, some horror movies. I've been trying to keep it light before I get to something barbaric, like, you know, zombie or, uh, uh, maniac or something like that. So uh, enjoy movies in that realm. And, uh, yeah. That's about it. Getting getting yeah. drunk at the uh, airport and then making uh, a mess out of myself in um in a PSA. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're you're Matt Riddle now. I got you. <laughs> yep. For those out there unaware, they did release TMZ footage of Matt Riddle. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because it seems irrelevant as the fact that he got fired. So it yeah, but there's it's out there if anyone wants to watch it. Um, yeah, so as far as shit that I've been watching lately, I watched Pieces, uh, which is kind of, I guess, the best knockoff of a Texas Chainsaw movie and or Massacre movie, and in, in, as far as my Ooh. opinion goes, I watched Pieces. That was really great. Uh, I watched Bone Tomahawk uh, on Tubi for free, which I recommend everyone go watch that fucking movie. Kurt Russell is, as always, fucking incredible in it. It's a brutal film. Not like gore violence, not too like you know Wes Craveny, but as far as like brutality and uh, violent kills and such, it's uh it's pretty brutal, but it's fucking great. I uh, really love that. And uh, let's see, I watched something. Oh, I watched The Exorcist yesterday to kick off a little bit of the spooky season, as you've been saying. So I've also been watching horror flicks myself, getting into the uh, the spirit of things. Uh, I actually have a costume wedding I'm going to this year on the 30th, not actually, uh, which will be, that'll be interesting. I think that's the first, that's a first for me. 
So we will we will see how that goes. And then uh, my other Halloween plans, because they get scheduled out so soon, I know that I'm going to go see the casket creatures at Sweetwater Bar and Grill in Duluth. I think that's on the 27th. So that's kind of what I've been up to outside of watching wrestling and uh, catching some football here and there. That's that 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 was my week as far as consuming entertainment. You know, I'm trying to put like an emphasis on what exactly uh, I watched since I watched a lot of stuff. Oh, for some reason, since last Sunday, uh, since I last talked to you, actually, uh, I just started watching a lot of found footage horror movies. And I'm not even normally that big of a fan. And I might have talked to you about some of them during the week. I have no idea. Uh, but I started off with the mother of all show show, if you will, uh, the Blair Witch Project, um, which. I hadn't seen that since that movie came out, and I always thought that since I was a, uh, you know, a little shit, uh, probably middle school or like maybe late middle school, early high school when it came out, I already knew that it wasn't real, so it didn't affect me um, as as uh, it, it did other people. Rewatched that, just uh, an amazing um, horror movie actually, and just to hear what how much the cast did not make on that, uh, as well as. Um, just how basically the director and the crew just followed them around and at afar and just gave them notes and kind of got them lost so that they were actually aggravated. They were actually like sleep deprived, you know, without uh, some food sometimes for long periods, you know, just as a, like an experiment. But they signed off on how much they were going to get paid at the beginning. And then the production company made a shit ton of money from it. Uh, with great viral marketing and whatnot, but that I watched uh, the both the Spanish um, horror films Record or Wreck and Wreck Two. I definitely highly recommend those. And um, there was an exorcism. Oh, the last exorcism, which was fucking awesome. Um, lots of twists and turns in that. Watched Cloverfield. So I guess I've been on. I know there's other ones. Um, there was one. Oh, uh, what the heck? That was in. As as above, so below about the catacombs in France. Uh, all of them are awesome. Basically, I went to a website and I was like, eh, good ones, because I think there's a lot of bad ones. But I found out the good ones are just they don't shake the camera as much. So, yeah, got to say, even though I did like the Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch, I've always had a problem with because it actually makes me feel kind of motion sick when I watch it. Um so that's that's always been more of my problem. I think it's a it it's an interesting watch because of all the things that you said about the way that they filmed it and the way that that all of the stuff surrounding it, the marketing, um, how they kind of went about making that movie is all very interesting. But I, I really still to this day I have a hard time sitting down and watching that straight through. Like I have to like watch it in chunks. Um, it's also why I hate all the fucking camera cuts in WWE because it really does like. <laughs> kind of turned my stomach a little bit uh but that yeah that that being said um i mean that it that's for its error it's kind of iconic because it was the first of its kind right like was there anything else out there like the blair witch project when that came out i mean i think that's the biggest thing it's probably known for i would say that it's the biggest horror movie in between scream and the ring like it's kind of like right there in the middle as another huge horror movie uh, in the uh, world of entertainment, I guess. And the two Japanese films that you named, the Wreck One and Two, I've never seen those, so I might give those a watch based on your recommendation. Um, but I've, I've they never do a had lot better job. 
one one thing because you said about the shaky cam, Chris. Um, they they basically work it in. The first movie is in the perspective of an actual cameraman because it's a, as you know, you probably saw quarantine, a news team uh, just supposed to watch like a fireman throughout the night. They don't think anything big's gonna happen, and then it goes from there. And the second one is a team of um, soldiers that are going into a building. And they have like tech uh, meant to record all of it for the government, so it's not shaky at all. It's actually pretty well. I mean, they're still running around, but it's not motion sickness wise as bad. Yeah, I mean, Blair Witch is the fucking extreme of that because of the way that they went about filming that movie. So if it's as long as it's not like the entire film or large portions of the film, I usually can get through it. But I, it's just always been kind of an annoyance to me. And it, it does make me have like motion sickness. <laughs> but I'll check those out. That sounds interesting for sure. Um, there, there was one other one you named and I can't. Uh, what was it again? It's either The Last Exorcist or um, As Above, So Below. Oh, okay. So As Above, So Below, I watched with Karen and really enjoyed. Um, the Last Exorcist, I believe I watched. But they that's that time period of where they put out like fucking 15 movies with like <laughs> Exorcist, Exorcist and Last. And like, so I cannot guarantee that I've seen seen that without it's, looking at the plot but I, I, if if you know th- maybe this will strike up your memory it's got about three big um what the hell's his name m not Shyamalan twists at the end and it's uh, okay that's something yeah that's a movie yeah, um, I remember they went they went about their ad marketing campaign pretty uh pretty strangely as well because weren't they just like doing like setting up people doing like exorcist crawls and stuff in coffee shops? Yeah, they they got an actress and she did she's done other stuff, but she's literally a contortionist and they just found her uh having those abilities separate from obviously her acting. So she was perfect for the role because she could pop her joints and fucking make her neck sound like it was breaking and shit. Ugh. And then Cloverfield, uh, that one ha- does the shaky cam thing. Um, I remember liking the Clover. I think it's Cloverfield Lane, the one with John Goodman. Yeah, where they're in the fucking bunker. I liked that one better than the first one. It was very different. The first one, I just loved how it was a, a love story with a Gaijing fucking movie. Or, you know, this giant monster, and all this guy cares about is going across New York City to get the girl he loves and save her while T.J. Miller is recording it and saying stupid comments the whole entire time. It <laughs> it always reminds me of the episode of uh, fucking South Park where they kind of mocked it a little bit. Oh, I'm yeah, so, yeah. I'm so, I'm so startled right now. I'm so I'm startled. So startled right now. And then it goes to, like, Randy, and he's just, like, backing up, like, crouched down and going back and forward like an idiot uh, while he's recording people. Yeah. Uh, that's what I always think like, of when I think of that first one. Goddamn. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically what I've been watching. I watched, right before this, I watched Army of Darkness to uh, prep. because Like, I'm sorry, you know what all those movies have in common? Because I know I'm going to watch some of the longer ones. All those ones are, like... An hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes. So it's like, God, we got longer and longer. Screw you, Scorsese. I can't wait to see the movie finally putting Leo and De Niro in one film. But why do you have to make it like over four hours? Ugh, definitely wait until that comes out on video. 
I, I think that the wife and I are going to go try to see that at Studio Movie Grill. So if you want to just go get drunk with us and watch it. That's a long um, commitment. I just don't want to have to pee like every five seconds. Or, well, you know, that's a long movie. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one that I think is going to require a couple watches for me because I have a hard time uh, getting through. It's it's part of the reason I didn't go see like Nolan's last flick, which I heard was incredible. uh, The war movie, uh, trying to think with uh, that one and the one before that, even uh, the one with the fucking God Bane's flying a fucking airplane and doesn't talk the entire movie. Oh, um, fuck. And I really liked that film, but it was confusing as shit. Uh, oh, man, it's it's a part of World War II. It's it's at the... Uh, it's oh, where the man. British citizens come, like, in their own personal boats to help. I can't think of the name of it. But it's a great, it's a great flick. I, I can't... Yeah, Dunkirk. There you go. Yeah, it's a great flick, but it is another reason why I didn't go see that one, because I'm like, that three-and-a-half-hour commitment. Like, last time I did that, I think, was Django. Yeah, it's definitely. just uh, and that's more of a me thing. But shout out to Friday Night Lights, Jesse Plemons for being in a movie with De Niro and <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. I saw that he he's in that flick from the trailer. So I kind of kind of excited to see what that's going to be all about. Yeah, I just wish that Scorsese, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I've watched pretty much all of his movies, including his really weird first one. Um and uh his his western that he did uh back in the day but you know there is one person i would love to be in this movie because he was kind of his first male actor he exclusively worked for before even de niro uh they were in a film together obviously but like harvey keitel just have like a little uh you know pop-up uh in this film i love a scene between those three guys because they kind of all separately you know kind of are different eras of Scorsese and his filmmaking. So I don't know. I was just, I'm probably just high. No, man. I mean, I think, I think that would be pretty cool. I would be down to see more Harvey Cattell. I mean, I think like the last thing, I can't even remember the last thing I actually saw him in. Honestly, wonder if maybe he's just, uh, he's just taking a break after working with Tarantino. (laughs) Maybe that's, he's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm done. Um, no, I'm sure he's done more stuff. I just can't think of anything the last time I actually saw him in something, which is unfortunate because, like, like I said, I like Harvey Cattell. Um, video game news. I've been playing this game that I think you'll think is pretty cool. If, if any fans out there are the Max Payne series, it's called Ooh. El Paso Elsewhere. And it kind of has some horror elements to it, which is what made me think of it. But you're basically playing as a vampire's ex-boyfriend. So kind of like reverse Dracula. So you're a drug addicted vampire hunter, um, <laughs> chasing down uh, Dra- I think it's Dracula is her name, and she's trying to end the world. So it has like very fast combat, like Quake, but with fucking Max Payne mechanics. So if you're into any of those games or vampire hunting, this might be the one for you. <laughs> so check that out if you get a chance. That sounds really interesting. Um, cool. I'll have to check that out and uh, look it up. I'm always trying to find a cool story game uh, to take me in between my wrestling dream match uh, sessions, Chris. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I love open world games, but we get so many big open world games, and I just don't have the kind of time to sit down and dedicate like hundreds of hours to like a Starfield, for instance. Um, so I like when we get like a good linear. I know that that's going to be terrible for, but that's not what most people want out of a game. But like, yo, like a game I can finish in like twenty hours. That that'd be great. Give me like, one of those. It's... Like a movie that's an hour and thirty minutes. You know. Right. Like, I, I have appreciation for these big open world games. I, I like those as well, but I, I do like, you know, I do like just having a linear game that I can actually finish. Um, like a quickie. You know? Yeah, 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 you know. We don't need to, we don't need to take all the blue chews to play, play this one. You can <laughs> get in and out. <laughs> we used to have them as an ad back in the day. That's so weird. Anyways, um, Yeah. So take Blue Chew and you'll feel the growth. Feel the bang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> outside of that, I did play, like, I've just been playing a lot of, like, arcade games, like quick beat-em-ups and stuff with endless credits and, and emulation, MAME emulation, which has been pretty fun. That's, like, my in-between time kill as I'm watching stuff a lot of times. So uh, trying to think of one in particular that I play. Oh, uh, Double, uh, Double Dragons 3, I played that beat that that was fun and i played uh the michael jackson moonwalker arcade game which what? is super fun you turn into a giant dancing robot uh which is sick <laughs> and then i remember time... dude not gonna lie when i saw that movie as a kid that scene where he turns into a giant rocket robot thing that scared the fuck out of me um <laughs> i was like what the hell happened to michael jackson <laughs> the uh the game is awesome every time you hit a special it makes all the fucking enemies on the screen dance which is sick uh yeah that game was a lot of fun so those are two other games i played and I, oh, that that's been pretty much it outside of uh watching shit and playing games uh, if you haven't ever played moonwalker the arcade game which is not the same as the sega genesis moonwalker go play the arcade game it's a lot of fun especially if you got like three or four people that can play with you Fucking get yourself a USB hub and uh, some emulations and controllers and sit down and play through that fucking thing. It's fun. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll take that. I remember playing this. I, I believe the Sega Genesis one. So um, I'm gonna have to get get that emulator and try that out. But um, we got a cool episode for you guys today. We'll start talking about some of the wrestling stuff, of course. Uh, you know. We're going to do something where we have a segment at the end of the show where we talk about uh, 10 wrestlers, 10 from AEW going to WWE, and 10 from WWE going to AEW. 10 wrestlers from both rosters. Who would be better off, possibly, if they were in the other company? Um, This is off everything that's been happening lately, or all the news, I should say, that's been happening lately. Both Jay Cargill, who they made a very big deal of in WWE, signed with WWE. It was finalized. She was going to the Performance Center. And WWE had everyone from, you know, um, ESPN to Sports Illustrated commenting on this. They made it a big deal. Uh, They also revealed on a vignette that Brian Pillman Jr. will be starting up soon in NXT. Um so these are two new hires from AEW. Obviously, Jade is the bigger profile uh, name out of the two, but both uh, apparently recommended by Cody Rhodes, 
Jade actually went and talked about how Cody, you know, talked to her about this whole entire concept. So which other people besides that, you know, might do better for the opposite uh, company for whatever reasoning. And we're removing Edge um, and CM Punk from it because, I mean, they're either... Either CM Punk is going to go somewhere else, probably not. He's probably going to be done, or he is going to the WWE. If Edge is not staying with the WWE or or retiring, he's probably going to go to AEW. So, I mean, no point in having them. And also, with the uh, group of people that got released, those are all included up for grabs for WWE going to AEW. So, um, I fucked the pooch a little bit here, bud, because I uh, I did five and five. <laughs> but we'll, we could go through your 10 and 10. I misunderstood the, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to come up with them as we go along, but, uh, I did five from AW five from WWE for a total of 10, not 10 and 10. So I'm going to have to be, I'm going to, I'm going to hustle here while we're doing this show to, to find another five from each roster. Um, yeah, so that's my bad on that. But there was a little bit of edge news this week, which is he was removed from, uh, the intro of SmackDown. Oh, so he, he is no longer in the video package for SmackDown and Raw, which would lead me to believe that he is not coming back because otherwise, you know, why the fuck would you go through the effort of removing him? Um, he is also not on their roster page that I saw. So I don't know what that means. Take that for what it is. That's just something that I saw on F4W today. So that's uh, there's that. And we did get a this is a small, I guess, non news wrestling news topic, but Kane Velasquez's court date is set for January 6th. I saw that as well. Uh, which have you heard anything about this case, Dane? I thought the last update, uh, uh no, I don't, I don't fill me in. Okay, so Kane Velasquez is four year old son was molested at a daycare center. Yeah, I know about that part. Um, okay. Definitely. Yeah, okay. So so basically they they've been pushing the date and pushing the date, but the final date of the court case is going to be January 6th. Um if he is convicted that is up to 20 years in prison. Jesus. And kind kind of the basis around this would be does he get a sympathetic jury? Uh and if so, will they actually convict him for his actions? Or will it get pled down to something else? And so that's that's kind of the thing. But the court case actually has an official date. Uh, like I said, I think I think it's either January fourth or January sixth. So that's that's the they can't push it back any further, which is what the defense uh, his defense attorneys have been able to do so far. So that's coming around the corner. I did see that today as well. Well, you know, I don't obviously condone his actions because I just feel like that you know. If it was me, uh, <laughs> I'd probably do the same fucking thing. So, I, I obviously, you don't do that, but, you know, as I've said in the past, I uh, do that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you go full Punisher, you have to be willing to accept the, the consequences, I guess. And maybe he is, maybe, maybe he just doesn't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> Like, uh, that's kind of a blind anger I think I would probably have in this situation as well, which I think it, it will maybe benefit him in this case because of what happened, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming is, is how his defense attorney is going to go about defending him. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about like a 20 year prison sentence minimum, that's, that's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, it really is. 
Hope, support, prayers, and thoughts go out to Kane uh, having to deal with this, but definitely keep me updated on that whole thing, Chris. And, uh, do what you can with the list. Um, I also will include the fact, you know, you know this, but I'm just telling the people when we get to it, tag teams are one pick. So there you go. We got some women, obviously males, and tag teams all included. But we'll go over that at the end of the show. Before we do anything, there is a pay-per-view tonight, recording on Saturday. We'll go over NXT and their pay-per-view, uh, give our predictions. Then we'll do uh, WWE, a little bit of highlights from Raw and SmackDown, and end it with AEW, talk about Dynamite, going into Wrestle Dream, which is tomorrow night on Sunday. So, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's... Uh, Start off with NXT. So this is going to be at 7 o'clock tonight, Eastern Standard Time, um, in California, at the Mechanics Bank Arena. It's always fun with NXT to see them under a bigger roof uh, than the, um, you know, you love the uh, the Performance Center, but same thing with Impact and Ring of Honor, when you can get them into like a small-sized arena, it's pretty cool. And uh, I have actually been watching chunks of NXT as of lately. I do think that they've been doing a lot better with not being so fucking silly and actually having some some pretty cool matches. I really enjoyed the, uh, I forgot what the name of the cup was, but their tournament for that. And that's the reason why we'll be talking about one of the opponents. Or I guess maybe that's next week on NXT, but uh, Noam Darv. Oh, no, no, that's th- that's tonight. Never mind. That is tonight. Okay. So, should we start with our predictions, Chris? Uh, yeah, and I just want to reiterate what you said. I think NXT has been a really fucking good show as of late. Um, so, for people that have had given up on it, I would say go back and give it a little bit of a watch. The Heritage Cup was really, really fun. And um, they, have some, they have some decent storylines right now. So... Yeah, it's it's been a good show, a solid show, which is shown in the ratings because it's it's actually done really well there, especially with Becky coming back. I think they did almost like a million, um, which is really fucking high for NXT. They hadn't hit a number like that since they debuted. So uh, some good stuff going over there. They're they're leaving HBK alone, I guess, to <laughs> to make this show pretty good. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Brian Pillman Jr. I know we kind of brought him up a little bit later, but those vignettes are very interesting, and we will see, obviously, what how that's going to shake out, what he's going to look like as a character in NXT versus what he was as whatever the fuck the Varsity Blondes knockoff thing that they were doing in AEW, which was the majority of his run there. Yeah, I am really looking forward to Pillman uh, being a part of NXT. I'm assuming that he's either going to be in the audience, classic NXT, have one of the new superstars waving in the audience, or who knows, maybe they'll involve him in something, uh, being a part of aftermath of one of these matches to set him up for it. But uh, definitely looking forward to his involvement. And just, it is a cool concept that Sean is going to be you know, Sean was friends with Brian, even though obviously they weren't on the roster that long. But at least from what Sean says, he always talks highly of, of Brian for back in the day. And this is back when Brian couldn't perform. You know, if they wrestled, and I think they did, you know, Pillman was much less than he was, obviously. And I always talked about wanting to see them in a match in their primes 
you know, Flying Brian versus the Heartbreak Kid, but we never had that happen. Basically, it's cool that Sean is going to be somewhat training or getting this guy to another level. You know, honestly, character work, I think, is where Pillman kind of doesn't really have it. Um, it's going to be interesting, him and NXT, Chris, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, it's hard for me to judge his character work just based off MLW and AEW runs. So it'll be, it'll be neat to see what they give him in NXT and whether or not he has like a shining moment on this pay-per-view. Cause it would be a good time to introduce him um, to a bigger audience because it, it's going to be, I'm, I'm assuming that people are going to, Oh, at least over the next three days, because it's kind of hard to judge with uh, these premium live events. But uh, I'm assuming a lot of people are going to consume this with as hot as NXT has been uh, as of late. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you on that. All right, well, let's go over the pre-show match. I don't know if there's going to be another one added, but they have one. Uh, We have up-and-comer Kalina Jordan uh, that has had this, well, it's because Blair Davenport keeps on attacking her, let's face it. Um, so Blair uh, is going to be going against her. Blair being the former, um, I always forget what her uh, in-ring name. Oh, uh, Beatrice uh, Priestley. So B. Priestley. So, yeah, she's just evil and dastardly. She's been messing with this girl, this new baby face, and she's going to be in a match against her. So, I don't know. I'm going to go against, I'm going to go for Blair Davenport. Yeah, same boat here. Uh, I like Blair Davenport a lot. She might get brought up a little later in the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably the route to go. All right. Uh, let's see. These matches are not in order, just listed. So don't cream me if that ends up not being the case of what I'm talking about. But let's go to the tag match. This is for a number one contender. It's a four-way tag. We got the family. Oh no no no! This is where titles are titles uh, titles are on the line. Never mind. Sorry. So the family, Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo, are going against Lucian Price and Bronco Nima, who are uh, their manager, who's actually doing a pretty good job. Um, what's the Cirque du Soleil guy, Reggie? I forgot what his new name is, but um, I actually do think that he's doing. Oh, he's now called Scripps, apparently. Okay. Well. Uh, as their manager, but we'll see what happens. They're going also against the Creed brothers, the former champs, and then uh, the former Los um, Lotarios or whatever the hell they were calling their group, Humberto Carrillo and Angela or Angel uh, Garza, the Garzas. So, who do I think is going to win? The family just got these tag team belts, and I think it would be uh, you know a little bit of a slap in the face. To the uh, the boss himself, uh, Tony D'Angelo, if he uh, loses this with stacks, so I'm I'm going for the family, Chris. Who do you got? Hey, I'm kind of going with the, uh, with you on this one as well. I'm interested to see if Authors of Pain show up because they're supposed to be mm. back soon. So that might set up the next thing they're going to do. It is exciting to see that we have actual tag teams in NXT again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it's a little too soon to take the belts off Tony D'Angelo, especially because uh, in, in the family, especially because they spent so ta- so much time on those damn <laughs> vignettes or whatever. <laughs> they, I mean, they have like three months of work into them winning those tag belts. So uh, I, I just can't really see them losing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. 
And then the, the I love the small pay per views with NXT. I love that we always get that because all the next fights, all of them are pretty big in their own right. All right, so we have we'll do the Heritage Cup. This is the final. Uh, the new winner, uh, Butch, gets a chance to beat Noam Dar, and uh, Butch is with uh, Tyler Bate in his corner. I don't know why one of the uh, you know I, I know that Sheamus is, is on break, you know, healing up and whatnot. Uh, for a little while, but you would think that, especially since he used to be in NXT, you would uh, have um. Uh, what's what's the big lug? That's in the uh, the brawling brutes. Oh, fucking the former rugby player. Um, God, why can I not think of his name now? I can't remember either, unfortunately. Um, sorry, guy. You know, but um. Yeah, anyways, they're on a team together, but he's going to be with Tyler Bate. Obviously, Noam Dorr is going to have uh, all the three uh, talking heads in his group, so Jakar Jackson, Lash Legend, and Oro Mansa. Uh, so I want to see Butch win, but it doesn't really make sense for someone that's on the main roster to get a win over the, one of their guys, but I still want to see Butch win. Unless they're going to do something where they have Tyler Bate fuck over Pete Dunne. Mm. And then that sets up a feud with them on NXT and we actually get Pete Dunne back instead of Butch. Yeah. Uh, I, I I would like to see him win as well. But like you said, um, well, the, the, the fact that he only really has to defend like once a year, I guess it really doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So, I, I could go either way on this one. I'm going to say Noam Dar, but yeah, I, we'll caveat that with potential some fuckery just to have another NXT match while Sheamus is gone. Because that'll at least give Pete Dunne something to do, or Butch something to do in the meantime until Sheamus comes back. Agreed. Uh, and it's Rich Holland, by the way, is is who I could not remember for the life of me. Yeah, I don't know why I kept blanking on his name. I remembered that he played rugby, but couldn't remember <laughs> its name. Uh, which they they had a pretty good match on SmackDown, uh, by the way. But they're just they're in a constant state of losing when Sheamus isn't there. So it might be better if they set up something for Pete Dunne to do on NXT. Which I think the crowd, the NXT crowd, the performance center, they'd be really hyped for uh, for him to be around a little longer. No, I totally agree with you on that. I think that he kind of works there very well, and I miss I miss him going by his fucking name, Pete Dunn. It's a fucking Butch, but what are you gonna do? All right, I tr- I try my best to call him Butch, but like as someone that has made our top ten best wrestlers list as Pete Dunn, we've talked about a bunch when he was kind of on fire. It's really hard to make that mental switch sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. All right, uh, let's go over the next match. We'll do the the only one that's not a title match, a grudge match, and they've just been beating the shit out of each other everywhere. Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin. Baron basically has been off and on feuding with Braun for a while now, and let's face it, he's kind of prepping him. So I definitely expect Braun to win this, unless there's some tomfoolery, which I don't know why there would be. But maybe Braun then takes it personal to Baron Corbin and meets him on the main roster. I don't know. I feel like Braun needs to go to the main roster soon. But uh, this will be fun. And my God, is he he? 
he's much more his uncle with his attitude, especially late Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner than even his dad. It's crazy. Um, but I definitely enjoy Braun Breaker. I mean, he kind of has to be when it comes to promos and everything, because not that Rick wasn't a good promo. It's just Rick was kind of like a good promo in the 80s and never really evolved. Um, whereas like Scott Steiner, I, I think, is more relevant to modern audiences. So he, he has to do a little bit of that. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, this really just depends on if they're finally going to send the fucking guy up or if they're going to bring Baron Corbin back up. If Corbin's just going to live on NXT, I mean, he could win here. I don't know that that would, it's not going to hurt either guy. Um, but yeah, that's, this one's a coin toss for me. I'm going to go with Braun Breaker as well. Uh, but I, I, you could make a case for either, especially if Baron Corbin's going to stick around for a bit longer. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. It's very interesting, especially there's three names in particular that are on the cusp of being ready, I think, for the main roster. And Braun Breaker is obviously one of them. We'll talk about the two others uh, last. But um, let's let's. uh... I was just going to say, like, how how much do they want to shake the boat on the roster with the show per, outperforming where it's been for the past two years? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, that's that that would be the only the only reason I wouldn't think that, that you know, like, hey, let's leave it as is, let's not fuck with it, because they are doing better ratings right now with the current roster that they have. Um, obviously, their goal, whether they come out and say it or not, is for that to at least be on par or within like a hundred thousand of what Dynamite does. Uh, and right now they're doing a pretty damn good job of that. So I, that that would be the only reason of not putting Braun Breaker on the main roster. Uh, I would think if they're going to do that, it would be like around Rumble, right? Yeah, possibly. I could see that as well. But because they like because they like they they always like to do that thing like they did with Keith Lee, where it's like they're not going to win the Rumble, but we're going to give them like fifteen eliminations, and make them look strong. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, certain guys, like, Braun Breaker to me is a superstar already packaged, so you can really put him in the mix and see what the hell happens. Uh, especially with those secondary titles, the U.S. title, Braun gets a hold of that, you know, just claims it, and everyone fucking has to go against that guy. That's a interesting concept in itself, so. Where um, you set up Braun versus Walter, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where I'd send Ilya if he came up, so. But let's uh, let's talk about the next match. Um, this one kind of correlates to the main event. Uh, we got Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Um, I don't know if he has mommy in his uh, corner. It doesn't look like it's at least listed, which they get detailed on uh, Wikipedia. But uh, this for the NXT North American Championship. Dragon Lee is a special guest referee. He's going against Trick Williams who won two different matches, uh, a singles match and then a four-way match at the end of the night to get this, um, you know, uh, spot. And basically, Trick has not really been trying to branch off of Carmelo Hayes, but Hayes doesn't have enough time to really cater towards him. And, you know, Trick helping Carmelo win the title initially and being there for him. You know, Carmelo doesn't uh, seem like he gives a shit about Trick. Uh, so it's going to be interesting if this is a case. By the end of this, that uh, Carmelo has his title and Trick has his title, or if we're going to be the opposite, 
So I've been enjoying some of the uh, story elements within there uh, with this. So who do I think is going to win? I think Trick Williams is going to win because Dominic obviously is main roster. But, hey, like you said, if we're accumulating the ratings and how that's going, maybe they want Dom to have that title for longer. So he is a heel. He has a giant group. Um, who knows what will happen. But the referee is kind of like the – what what what's going to happen? You know, with Dragon Lee being the ref, so we'll see. Yeah, with the special guest ref, it makes me think that uh, we are going to get Rhea, and they have been teasing her off and on. When she's not at NXT, they tease that she's going to be there. So I would assume that she's going to be at the pay per view uh, for this title defense, and then it makes sense to have a special guest referee because you can have Dragon Lee like toss her. You know what I mean? Like toss her out of the building or whatever. Um, and if, w- if if NXT and WWE follows through with someone actually being removed from ringside and don't doesn't let them come back in like a lucha mask or something, <laughs> that could yeah, be no interesting. Uh, but yeah, I kind of agree. I think the storyline here is more Trick Williams winning the title and Carmelo losing his title um, to set up a heel turn on Carmelo's part because I, I can't see you turning Trick Williams heel just because like. He has been the good guy throughout the entire thing, right? Like, so. Yeah, man, he body body. Um, Um, So I think that's great. I know that Sean recently said on the press conference that he was a big fan of Trick Williams, specifically not because of how good he was in the ring or anything, but just because he works so fucking hard at the Performance Center. So apparently this guy is busting his ass trying to get better every day and i have a lot of respect for that so it's kind of cool to see him uh in this situation and going going to be in probably one of the top feuds going forward which which i would think would be trick and and carmelo yeah no that's that's exactly where my mind's going too so we'll get to that we got one more match in front of the main event the uh for the women's uh championship the champ becky lynch tiffany stratton I see this view going forward. I really do. I think Becky is going to be playing double duty uh, because she is really that ratings draw out of any of the people coming from the main roster the most. Um, And I think she's there to get Tiffany to grow a bit more. So I can't, let's just say Tiffany wins the title. She's a brat heel. She's getting better in the ring. Uh, Very fucking athletic. Becky's obviously obviously there to kind of prime her in the right direction. It just doesn't make sense. She wins the title like three weeks ago, and then Tiffany gets it right back. So I feel like Becky's going to get this win, but it's not going to be over between the two of them. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of agree. I think you keep the belt on Becky, and she's doing the open challenge, and that gives you a good way to debut Jade Cargill, give her a good opponent that she can have good matches with right off the bat. Um, so that's where I would go with it. If they think Jade is ready, um, which if you're going to put her in there with anyone, Becky would be a good person to put her in there with. Uh, and that would be a good debut, especially if she just fucking straight wins. Right. (laughs) So, uh, I think they could, they could go that route. That's a, that's a brilliant concept. I don't even think about, but yeah, you bring Jade in the mix, get her involved with Becky. And I would still keep, Tiffany within there as well, which lately WWE has been doing good about having three or four people around one title. So it'll be interesting. 
with that influx of characters going at it once we had Jade Cargill in the mix. And I don't even necessarily see Jade staying around in NXT or maybe directly being someone featured on both uh, off the bat just because they gave her that much publicity. But she's definitely been in the Performance Center uh, for several days now, you know, with all the head trainers trying to see where she's at and what she needs to know. So she's going to need a lot of that. Um, those reps that she didn't have really in AEW, just, you know, coming out and squashing people for a majority of it. Uh, we're going to try to make sure she learns something unlike Goldberg did. But um, yeah, and I'm not saying that she comes out tonight, open challenges and then fucking fights, you know, Becky next week and wins the title. I think you could still yeah. build to that, you know, but uh, that is the perfect way to introduce her. If you keep the title on Becky, Becky's still doing her open challenge and Jade comes out to answer it. Right. So I, th- I think that would be a great way to go, especially that it gives time for Jade at the, the uh, performance center. And even if Becky retains or if you do like a three way match with Becky, Jade and um, Tiffany Stratton and Stratton wins, uh, you can if if the end goal is to sh- send Jade to the main roster as fast as possible. Now you still have a built in feud with her and Becky and you can move them both back up to the main roster if you want to, which is. I would think that is what they're going to be doing with the amount of coverage that they've put on Jade so far, but we, we, I guess we will see. Completely agree with you. That's all. Those are all valid points, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this is handled. That's another person that definitely could show up tonight. Um, All right, let's go to the next match. And this is our big main event. The champion NXT who beat our opponent previously. I think because of I think because of some shit maybe involving Trick Williams I can't remember, and I definitely watched the match too. Love my memory now. Um, but Carmelo Hayes, the champ, one of Sean's top guys, as talked about by Shawn Michaels in many different podcasts and interviews, is going against Ilya Dragunov, um, who I would call probably one of Triple H's top guys, uh, being a part of him coming to the UK and being the champion for a long time. Uh, these are Two guys that I feel like are ready to go um, just at any time when they need them. So I feel like it's strongly indicated whoever wins, the other person is probably going to be wrapping stuff up and going to the main roster. Um, That being said, even though I think that Dragunov is ready, I think he's also ready to be the NXT champion for a while. So I would, like you were stating, Trick Williams gets it from Dirty Dom. Uh, but Carmelo loses his champion to Ilya Dragunov, maybe putting him down the heel direction. I just want to have Dragunov have that title for a little while um, and just have a boost. Um, and maybe, like you said, come in around Rumble time, and then we build to Ilya Dragunov possibly going against Gunther for that Intercontinental title um, for WrestleMania. That's how I would book it in my head if I was given the pencil, if you will. Yeah, we're on the same exact page with this one. That's exactly what I would do. Um, and even if they don't bring Ilya up at Rumble, if they want to give it some more time, they definitely can. Because I think the fans of NXT are really going to appreciate Ilya having the NXT title. Um, that's going to be something to tune in and watch just because of how fucking good he has been of, of late. Dude's incredible. Um can't wait to see him on the main roster. I think that he's going to really surprise people um, as far as 
someone that becomes bigger and bigger because I think that some of his interviews, the wording maybe gets a little bit wordy for him. And, you know, obviously he's not English is not his first language, even though he speaks damn good English, but his intensity and I don't know, man, there's something outworldly about him. So I'm I'm really looking forward to eventually seeing him on the main roster, tearing shit up with people. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, There is going to be, there's a lot of matches I really want to see him in on the main roster. One that comes to mind right offhand, which would be a little further down the line, would be him versus Seth. I think that would be a fucking incredible match. Just put it. uh, Yeah, no, definitely. I love that idea. Um, Well, I don't think we'll have to wait too soon, but maybe a little bit later. And maybe, uh, like I said, Carmelo is more the guy coming up but this will be interesting whatever comes from this and like we've been saying um along with impact which i've been championing for for a while if you kind of fell off of nxt i think it's at a good point if you wanted to try to check it out this is a good reason to would be tonight get on peacock watch the pay-per-view and uh see what you like see what you don't like and don't bitch at me regardless so there you go no mercy. We've got no mercy for this whole entire thing. Um, <laughs> no mercy. Dude, no mercy. I'm glad that they brought it back because there are some memorable no mercies, but it is weird that they're cycling through these pay-per-view names. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely nostalgia in NXT because like the three that come to mind that they brought back were No Mercy, Halloween Havoc, and In Your House. And that's like, yeah, that's definitely catered towards my generation um, because we had all those pay-per-views in the early 90s and whatnot. But yeah. I've been watching a lot of uh, Halloween Havocs lately. Good stuff. Have you have you hit the Warrior Hogan Halloween Havoc yet? I kind of make sure that it doesn't end up on that based on which one I picked. Um, you know. <laughs> I think it makes sense that they're trying to recycle some of these pay-per-view names just for like how shitty Peacock's search engine is. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if you start a new pay-per-view, I probably would not be able to find it for 30 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Uh, it is a pain in the fucking ass. I don't know why, like back in the day, I can't put someone's name and just find him in a bunch of different matches and options to take me to those parts of pay-per-views and whatnot, but... Hey, let's be lazy. I, I everyone is, you know. Uh, fire stick can kiss my ass. Um, uh, 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 fucking Yahoo email can kiss my ass. Um, nothing is uh, easy. What the hell is going on, Chris? We need brilliant programmers like you to fix everything. Like now. <laughs> I definitely would not be the guy to uh, rewrite Peacock's fucking search engine. There's probably that needs to be like a a team of thirty or forty because that thing is fucked. You know what, NBC? You need to get on it, okay? Fucking peacock. We're like a bunch of cocks. Peas. Anyways. Man, they I, I, I am I am curious what's gonna happen with them as a streaming platform in general, because I've heard that they've lost like a billion dollars on that thing so far because they way overspent when they launched it. So 
that's uh that's interesting in itself i don't think it's going to affect you know obviously wwe is its own fucking thing i don't think it's going to affect it it can just go somewhere else worst case scenario but it is like when i heard that number today i was like that is shocking oh yeah definitely that's uh that's some craziness um but anyways what were we talking about just a second ago oh yeah Monday Night Raw. <laughs> So, Chris, what's Cody talking about? Because we have him out here, and this would basically lead to a setup where J.D. McDonough tries to help out the Judgment Day and does it all wrong. Um, and Priest gets the destruction part of that. So he tried to help them out with Dominic Finn and Priest, and Priest was not really having it, going against the biggest baby faces they have outside of L.A. Knight. Really, uh, Jey Uso, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Cody Rhodes, and that would leave, like I said, uh, you know, Priest getting his ass kicked, and all of them just beating the crap out of him, and uh, he was not too happy about that later on. But we had Cody say something specifically. I'm going to hand to you about that it seems like it's the bottom of the third and bringing up Jay's trade and who we don't know exactly who Raw traded to SmackDown to get Jay Uso. And if no one remembers that reference, we had a pay-per-view recently where, um, you know, they were asked about the storyline involving Roman Reigns as uh, you know, to Paul Heyman being the tribal chief and whatnot. And he said that we're not even in the third inning. And so Cody, we're bottom of the third. So is he hinting at once again, or is he still throwing us off for whoever's going to be that person that got traded? Is he hinting that he's the one traded, you know, or, or I don't know. Am I thinking too much into that statement? I don't think I am. No, as we've heard with Cody before, he sits down and writes all of his promos out and then details them and sends them to all the writers to make sure that they fit with things that they've talked about in the past. So if he's throwing a line out there like that, I think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so I think you're spot on. I actually kind of missed that. So I'm glad that you brought it up, but that does make a lot of sense that he, if he's going to be challenging against Ro Roman for a while, um, that they would get him on SmackDown. And I wonder if that plays into John Cena, not having a partner. <laughs> against the bloodline that storyline that they've been doing um because well, they kind do of now uh, he does now uh who, wait wait what did they do what god what did they do last night um at, at the end of it uh what's his name um oh man uh, he, he just had covid so he was out for two weeks uh fuck la night la night came and saved john cena and so oh, yeah the, okay uh, that's right yep yeah yeah so they're gonna do that so I don't know. I, I for for whatever reason, because I remember earlier in the night, maybe I just glossed over this in my mind after watching so much fucking wrestling this week. Because earlier in the night they attacked another person that was going to be <laughs> Cena's uh, partner or whatever, right? So I thought they were going to keep that going. So maybe they fucking injure LA Knight again, or I, I don't know. Um, I guess it really doesn't matter. That just would have seemed like a good time to bring Cody in if he was being traded. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's it's, that's it's, very uh, interesting. It is interesting. I was about to say the same thing. I don't know what's going on with AJ. 
Like Carl Anderson had a match sticking up for his friend last night. He ended up losing uh, against uh, Jimmy Uso, but they had a good match start off of it. Uh, I just I'm also wondering where Roman's at because he can't be happy. Basically, Jimmy's like, oh, like, yeah, we're going to start fucking up people around here for no reason. And then he beats the shit out of him and Solo's like, I need to listen to Roman, but. He is my brother. And so they both start doing it. Paul Heyman's calling Roman like, I don't know what to do. What, you know, what's going on? And I expect the fucking head of the table to be pissed off about what the hell his cousins are doing without him there and kind of acting aloof. So uh, I don't know. I think Jimmy Uso is going to be. Uh, he's going to he's going to get it based on what how he was acting last night. I can't remember if we talked about this offline or last week's show. But it seems like maybe this is a way to turn on Paul Heyman with that group. Yeah. Because they're letting, they're kind of letting, like Paul is supposed to be in charge when Roman's not there. And he's letting these guys kind of walk all over him. And Roman's going to show up and he's going to be pissed, but he's not going to be pissed at his family. He's going to be pissed at Paul Heyman. So they give the Paul Heyman the beat down and then that's how you bring in Punk, the Heyman guy. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely like that idea. You were the one who uh, brought that up. CM Punk, notoriously, is a Paul Heyman guy. So, that's a very, very good point. Because it, it would I be think too it, recycled and boring if they went back to Brock. Yeah, I mean, Brock would be the other guy that could, could fit that role. But yeah, like you, we've seen Brock versus Roman a bunch. A couple of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if they wanted to do something unique, and I think that would actually be something that, that Punk would be happy about, because one, it's going to put him in the main event directly, and two, Heyman is kind of in charge of all that bloodline stuff, so he only has to really work with Heyman. Um, that might be a good way to get Punk in the door. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. That's a very smart booking decision. And obviously, Punk wouldn't win, so we we have Roman continuing after that on his way to WrestleMania. But he would be a good person to, out of the huge list of people that beat and have a big program with Roman Reigns. So, and that would uh, start him off on a good end, I would think. I mean, it also wouldn't kill them if Punk won, because you can always just have fucking Roman win the title back before Mania to get to whatever good point. they're going to do. And if the end goal is to, you know, have, <laughs> if, if the end goal is to have Roman lose anyways, to go against the rocket mania, that's not a bad stopgap. Cause then you could set up Cody versus CM Punk, uh, which, you know, I know his goal is to beat Roman to become, but to become the champion, but, the the end goal is just for him to win the fucking belt, right? So <laughs> does it really matter if he beats Roman or if he beats Punk? Because when Punk comes back, he's gonna be over as fuck. Like I can almost guarantee you that. If he if he walks in the door at WWE, he's gonna be the most over person on the roster. Oh yeah. When you hear that kill switch engage music just go off, people are gonna go fucking crazy. Cause I'm assuming that's what he's gonna come back to because he can't do his original Ring of Honor AFI theme, and now he can't do Cult of Personality. So, yeah, that makes sense. He was pretty he just known comes for, out this, for a long time. He comes out this right? silver and cold. 
<laughs> he just comes out to a different AFI song. <laughs> I, I'll take that too. I'll, I'll take what or just do what Edge did with uh, fucking get. Well, did they write that theme for him? Or was just that one of uh, Ultra Bridge's songs? I don't know. I don't remember. You know, I'm just I'm rambling at this point. It's one of the few songs that WWE actually bought the rights to in perpetuity. Uh, so I don't know if they wrote it for Edge or I, I know it's on their actual album. So I'm assuming it's just one of their songs. Well, either way, it's interesting. I love that idea. You know, you made my whole my bloodstream flow a lot more. Uh, anyways, and my my shit, my phone is giving me both text messages on Messenger and the actual phone, and I don't know what the hell happened. I'm just uh, scared. Anyways, let's keep on going. So this is a cool opening. Don't exactly know where Cody's going, but it could be misdirection. It could be very much valid of what's happening in the storyline, but I like it. And we do have really defined stars now in, in WWE. You either have the guys that have been there for a while now, and they're really established, or you have some... I mean, I know Cody came from WWE, but coming back, some just larger-than-life characters and uh everyone is doing really well i want to talk about the uh big men slapping meat fest chris <laughs> that i'm sure biggie was just smiles watching from his house otis bronson reed there was so much sweat on that canvas that if you tried to go in it you could probably ice skate off that motherfucker but um they beat the shit out of each other and i just love that both of them do have kind of athletic styles still so they would bring that out every once in a while but of course bronson ended up winning with the tsunami but this was a this is a fun not anything special but fun two big guys and i was kind of like why aren't they just on a tag team together like that would be fucking awesome but i don't know that's just me i think i've said that before <laughs> like a more athletic fucking uh natural disasters exactly yeah I think they, I mean, they need to do something with that tag division. That's not the worst idea <laughs> that they could come up with. But yeah, this is a great, that's, that was a good fucking match. Um, I'm just sad that the crowd didn't get a meet forever chant going. <laughs> but outside of that, it, it was a fun match for sure. Um, I think it's cool that Bronson Reed's starting to get some wins. Maybe they won't, you know, kill that off too soon. Because I think he's a he's a really talented guy, dude. I I completely agree with you. I think he's super talented. I think that he's someone that's meant either for like that type of tag team would be awesome, or just you know someone seriously for the IC title, US title for now, building themselves uh, for the one of the big world belts after a couple of reps in the company. But he's definitely someone I got my eye on for sure. Yeah, almost the problem with him is he got thrown into kind of like a main event picture right away after coming back from being fired, and then they didn't really give him any wins to build why he would be there, specifically that em Elimination Chamber match, uh, if we go back to that. So it's good that they're kind of resetting, giving him some wins and more of the mid-card, which could set up, you know, like you said, U.S. Championship matches or IC title matches, and I think that's going to be really good for him. Um, but yeah, all, all that was a good match. I liked it a lot. Yeah, definitely did. One of my favorite parts, besides the ending, I thought it was great trying to go for the Vader uh, splash and then reversing that and getting the tsunami. But I can't believe I saw 
Bronson Reed uh, fucking Samoan drop Otis. That looked like it should have like collapsed the ring. So fun stuff. Uh, more fun stuff kind of quick. Chris, Tommaso Ciampa, I don't know. This is a good win. This is a great match, but I still feel like he should be. I don't know. It's it, people are disconnected to him basically, and I kind of want to see that turned around. I've been saying I want to see Johnny when he comes back. It was rumored that they're trying to get DIY back together and on the ground, but I don't know when the hell that's going to happen exactly. But I thought this match, Kaiser's great. This is another reason why now Gunther is having problems with both his goons. But Ludwig Kaiser very underrated in the in the ring. These guys had a very technical match. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, Champa is really entertaining, and I just hope he captures the audience like he once did um, in NXT. But um, Champa, does he have one of the best ripcord knees? I would say it's the best outside of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Right? Um, I would say so, they too. Both, they both look brutal, and they don't hurt anyone. So that's kind of the best. That's <laughs> the best of both worlds, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I actually would like to see him go back to NXT as opposed to doing a DIY tag team again, but that's, that's just me, especially with NXT. Like I said, picking up steam, I think that he's, he would be a great guy. I know that to send back there, especially if they don't have anything for him to do on the main roster. Hey, I mean, Finn did it a couple years ago and it actually helped him out. I believe in the long run. Um, so that I don't think is a bad idea at all. Um, I just love the Sicilian psychopath. I might have him positioned in other places, but we'll get down to that uh, later on. Uh, but yeah, whatever they do with them, I just want to see Champa grow as a performer. That's all. Yeah, I, le- I left Champa off my list because he's been so fucking loyal to NXT and WWE. The same thing with Gargano. I think those are both guys that would could walk in and do some really neat shit in AEW. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I had to o- omit them because like NXT surprisingly stuck by both of those guys through their multiple injuries at this mm-hmm. point. So I feel like they just have loyalty to that company. I, I could see that. And I, I, I definitely agree with you. I'll just say that Mayan came down to me realizing how bad the tag team division was in WWE and wanting uh, another tag team on my list. So, um, that might've just given it away completely, but well, uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, either way, let's keep on going with Raw. I think that we almost have a couple more highlights, basically. But great stuff, man. I mean, Raw standing out as a very different show. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff, you know, with Cody and Sammy and Kevin Owens and obviously Jay correlate back to the bloodline or was set up at least, but. I think they've established themselves as a different brand. And even though SmackDown might be the more popular right now because of the main storyline, they're both doing a good job of uh, standing out. Um, I like seeing Tegan Knox kind of treated. I know that Becky made a comment about her ha- supposed to be the person that was going to go against her because she was asked who she wanted to go against. Um, and they had Natalia instead, so they kind of made it into the storyline. So Tegan beat Natalia. But um, good worker. Dominic Mysterio against Dragon Lee was pretty damn good. Dominic is getting better. I've heard about uh, apparently WWE, and I, I, I kind of thought something was off, is piping in some booze uh, more so with uh, Dom while he's talking, or at least taking down his microphone maybe to make it you know even louder. But, 
hey, whatever's fucking working is working. <laughs> they really don't like him regardless. So, I mean, I, I don't understand the need for extra bullshit, but, you know, WWE, ever since the pandemic, is like, we have this option more. No! Anyways, Dominic won, because he's Dominic and he cheated. So, what do you expect? But I do like Dragon Lee, man. I mean, I always have. I just, you know, that, that one spot with, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hiromu, a couple years. It was just a move that really no one should do. One of Kota Bushi's moves, and shit happens that's wrestlers and i think that he's turned around and i think nxt is going to sharpen him he speaks really good english and now he's got the endorsement from one of the biggest luchadors of all time with ray mysterio so thought it was a good match regardless yeah i thought it was a very good match and this is probably the best in ring we've seen dom these past couple months and uh it's not a good match because he was in there with dragon lee who's phenomenal i think it was a good match on the part of both guys. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't like he carried Dom to a good match or anything. It's just the guy is getting a lot better. Uh, as far as the piped, uh, piped in uh, booze and stuff. I mean, WWE has been doing that for forever. So uh, the internet community likes to rally around anyone, anything that gets over and then find a way to not like it. <laughs> that was my thought when I read, read those similar things. I was like, man, you guys just can't like, except the fact that you tore down Dominic for so long. And now that he's like super over and doing well in the ring, you got to find something to pick at him about. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, you would think that a lot of them would take their uh, aggression on someone like Nia Jax, but you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, she went against Zoe Stark. It was set up with an interview and Zoe actually still looked like a badass. Like she wouldn't take Nia's shit, but inevitably Nia won. And hopefully uh, Zoe's ribs are okay. Uh, and then we had Kofi and Drew McIntyre have matched. And Drew McIntyre won. We still see him kind of slipping more into an aggressive side. Is he going to turn heel? We don't know. Um, but I like how they set it up with the whole Miz show and that we had Drew McIntyre tell him to shut up. And uh, I don't know. Miz looked like he was sad and also scared from uh, McIntyre. I mean, he he is he's a very sad boy. He hasn't won a match in like ninety six matches, so <laughs> that, that checks. I mean, that's that's the thing is like you're throwing Miz in here, but I have absolutely no fucking reason to care about the Miz, other than like he's gonna do a promo. Like he 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 just hasn't won a match in that long. It's like when they gave Jinder Mahal like a number one contendership. Like I I, I can't care about this program. In, in theory, McIntyre should beat him in like fifteen seconds. Yeah, uh, just interesting stuff. Also, just the involvement with Ivar, because I think that uh, his tag partner is hurt right now, Eric. But he's been getting a lot of uh, attention on the show. And now it, I don't know if they're pinning him with Drew McIntyre, but he at least attacked uh, Xavier. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I know Eric probably doesn't want this, and I'll be talking about them later, but Ivar by himself, just in a different look. I don't know. It just seems a little bit intriguing. His uh, his moonsault is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, the idea for Drew before they fired Riddle was to do a tag team. You think they're going to throw those two guys together for a while until Ivar's healthy partner comes back? Could be. 
But like I, you know, if he if he does really well on his own, it's going to be if I'm just I'm worried since I'm seeing this that maybe management, i.e. Triple H, if he's doing well by himself uh, to the audience, maybe breaking up War Machine or whatever the fuck they're called now, Viking Experience, Viking Raiders. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they they basically do the thing that they did to um, Heavy Machinery. Yeah, so somebody's just the odd man out, and then they get fired. Yeah, that sucks when they do that. Yeah, just uh, it's a possibility. Uh, that's all I'm saying. But anyways, um, Judgment Day beat Owens and uh, Sammy um, for a lot of bullshit. Uh, but, you know, we had McDonough kind of do better, I guess, by by knocking out uh, Zayn with the belt so Priest could get the win. So maybe he's he's now not pissing off Priest as much. I don't know. I like this concept. I just. Where is it going is kind of the point that I hope they have a pretty good way. I mean, I guess it's just going to be he joins them, or does he end up fucking them over, or does Finn and J- J.D. McDonough branch off? You know, I-, I-, I don't know exactly where that is, but uh, we'll-, we'll find out. So, For whatever reason, I just get the feeling that Drew is going to be the odd man out. Or not, not, or, uh, not, Drew, not, not Drew, Damian Priest, sorry. I still had Drew McIntyre yeah. on my mind. Um, so that's what I think. Baby, baby face turn for Damien. I think he could use it, man. I, I don't know. I really like Damien Priest. Uh, that whole part where he was in the ring and it was like him and the four other guys. And he was like, God damn it. Cause that's what he was worried about. That's what he was saying to JD McDonough. Like we shouldn't get involved in this shit. What the fuck are you doing out here? And then he's got all guys, the Avengers basically around him. And he's like, all right, just bring it, motherfuckers. And then he just destroy them. But it was a it was a cool visual. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I do think that's potentially where they're going to go with it. Um, if Edge comes back, it also gives you a storyline. Yep. So you could do Damian Priest and Edge teaming up together to take down the dastardly fucking great balls of fire or whatever the hell that team is named i never can (laughs) never can fucking remember it great balls of fire that's that's hilarious oh all right oh uh all right besides my jim Cornette calls smackdown from last night yeah we kind of already talked about it so they had a segment where jimmy and and uh, Paul and Solo were all talking in the ring. Paul's going over whatever, and Jimmy finally, its he's basically giving his opinion, but also kind of reiterating Roman's will for everything that's going on. And Jimmy just snatched the fucking mic from him and did his own thing and uh, declared that they were going to destroy everyone. Uh, so there was no one John Cena could have for a partner. And that's what they proceeded to do. But, um, man, I will say Jimmy is definitely taken on as a heel. This is so funny because, and maybe it was just my, uh, you know, I, I didn't see where they were going with this. But when I looked at the Usos, I saw Jimmy as the baby face that branches off of it. And I didn't really know what Jay was going to do. Now Jay is one of the biggest baby faces in their company. And Jimmy is turning into one of their biggest heels. So, uh. Just kudos to both those guys for fucking proving a lot of people, including myself, wrong on that. But uh, Carl Anderson comes out. He's pissed. This leads to a match. They had a good match, but Jimmy still ended up winning. Um, 
And uh, yeah, uh, post-match Mia Yim came out running to go to Carl and Jimmy's like, just talks a bunch of shit to her real quick and she slapped the fucking teeth out of his mouth. He fell to the floor. It was actually really fucking funny. So uh, just, how do you feel about Jimmy Uso? I feel like he's getting his legs down that Jay already did, but he's he's doing a pretty damn good job being a fucking dickhead heel. Yeah, he's being, I mean, I think it was great with, uh, like, not this week, but last week with the, the giving Cena two, you know, two splashes. And um, it, it does kind of suck that we, or maybe it was the week before last, uh, where they did that setup with, with Cena after breaking down AJ. Um, but apparently that spot was supposed to have LA Knight come make the save. Uh, but he was obviously out with COVID. But I, all of the work he's been doing around this with Roman being gone, kind of just doing his own shit in the most evil ways possible, which is not – Roman's not trying to get smoke from, like, 40 different people. <laughs> so that's going to be fun set up when he comes back. And uh, this match, this is going to be probably the big – well, no, because it's a tag match. But the, the, you would think that the setup is eventually just going to be Jimmy versus John Cena – in a singles match, and that might be the biggest singles match he's ever had. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, this will this will be really fun. I, I I've enjoyed this so far. I like that they're just straight destroying. I like the idea of them like, hey, let's just take out all of the baby faces so that he has no one to team with. <laughs> it's kind of a smart idea. Uh, but yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good this good little program. It's going to be curious. I'm just curious to see what they're going to do when Roman does come back. And we still don't know how long Roman is going to be gone for. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. Have you heard any word of why they took AJ out of that? Was he just, did he like bang something up? Like, was he injured or like it's kind of weird that we almost got a chance for John Cena and AJ Styles to be in a tag team, and I get the rub for LA Knight, but why didn't they go about that? Is what I want to know. It's uh, a good. I mean, it's a good question. I, I, I don't. I don't have a solid answer. I haven't heard anything. Like, I, I, as far as I know, AJ's not hurt. Um, maybe they just wanted to go with the hot hand of LA Knight. You know, that could be events change. AJ Vince comes been, back as a heel, maybe. Could come back as a heel. Um, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe he's the one. Get, maybe he's getting traded as well. Maybe he's going to Raw. I, I, I don't. I, the whole thing with him coming back hasn't made any sense because, like, the club is not wanting to help him. But they repackaged the club. Like, they haven't done a great job of establishing AJ Styles. I mean, they could keep him off TV for a little while, and if Nakamura does end up beating Seth, maybe, or hurting Seth in the way that they've been teasing with that storyline, maybe it's a, a situation where AJ Styles comes out and wants to go against Seth or do something like that. I just don't know what you're going to do with him. SmackDown is so tied to the Bloodline storyline, and you kind of just cut AJ's balls off. So yeah. I don't, I don't know how you get back there. Unless you do something where he like turns heel against, you know, LA Knight or John Cena. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Uh and I, I hope that he's just not being like uh how, how should I say this? Dolph Ziggler. Um just hey, well 
he's really good. We'll have him part of this because he brings credibility, but then we're not going to use him. Or he'll lose matches now against everyone, you know. And, I mean, it could come down that, you know, Vince was back the past two weeks. So that could have been a Vince call of like, hey, we need to do something uh, to set up L.A. Knight in this tag match because that's where we want to go. Who knows? That's the, that's just one of those things we'll, we won't we won't ever be privy to. But as far as I know, AJ's not hurt. So take that for what it is. So while they're taking out uh, wrestlers, Jimmy Uso is also just beating the shit out of crew members and Paul Heyman, like I said, throughout the night, this was the first time he actually called Roman Reigns. And, uh, yeah, I'm just like I said, I'm wondering what exactly is going to happen. I love your idea of Roman not being happy with Paul being able to wrangle in these two guys when the older brother is fucking asshole and the younger brother is a uh, monster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, just a lot for Paul to have to deal with. And apparently they, they fucked over Cena at the airport. They either fucked with his ride or something. That's the reason why he's late. So that that is included um, in what's going on. Uh, and then they had a grace and uh, effect with uh, Bobby Lashley, Street Profits, you know, after basically Bobby said he needed to find a, a new tag team and uh, was offered by Grayson of him and Austin Theory. And I don't think that uh, – I don't think Grayson realized that Bobby Lashley might not be looking exactly for – well, Austin Theory since they feuded, but anyways, uh, Street Profits come out, they're pissed off, and Bobby Lashley won't really talk to him, and this ends up with Austin Theory coming out, having a match against Cameron Grimes, and Cameron Grimes got squished. So, that was... Uh, what, what does Cameron Grimes say? I forgot his motto. Kiss my grits. Kiss my grits. There you go. That that uh, that is a guy I didn't think about putting on the list that we're going to talk about later, but maybe maybe a guy that should be on that list. They have done dick all with him since bringing him to the main roster. Yeah, so. I agree, man. I don't know what the hell's going on, and he might be on my list. I'm not going to say he is or not. Do you like the? Uh, do you like this idea of the Street Profits with Bobby Lashley? I know people were, were were clamoring for it, but no, I don't. I don't know if it's, especially since it's not like if if this was Omos and MVP were involved and we were getting back the the group, um, I could see it. But yeah, I, I like the Street Profits kind of being like the fun baby faces. I don't know if I'm if I'm enjoying this this variation of them, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, they're kind of like tied to a guy who's not known for being the best on the mic. Absolutely. Right. And like Street Profits are pretty good in promo segments and stuff. So it's like you're they're kind of taking away the one thing that makes them not not that they don't have good matches or anything, but they're taking away the thing that got them over, which is their promos. They're wanting them to wear suits and watches and be a heel team kind of out of nowhere like that group desperately needs <laughs> desperately needs mvp to, to help get that over if they're going to be heels i agree man I, I just i don't know it's it's a strange situation but i think that they don't i mean they don't have to call it what was the group's name again 
Oh God, I, I don't know. MVPs group. That's MVPs group. <laughs> the I most valuable they, players <laughs> would have been a good name Omos, for them. Omos can just fit in as like the big guy that like just stands there and looks intimidating. And then you can maybe throw in a along with the Street Profits if you want to throw Bianca in there. Uh, to have her go heel like we've been talking a while. That's interesting, I guess. Um, but yeah, MVP is a, a part of it. The decoration, if you will, to be the, 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 him and Bobby are the two leaders, if you will, the brains and the brawn, even though they're both pretty damn smart. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. That, that seems a little more feasible, I guess, if you're going to keep the street profits included. Yeah, it's, 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 I guess it's too soon for me to dislike it, but it's. I just don't understand how it benefits Bobby Lashley or the Street Profits, honestly, who I think were better off on their own. Yeah, I agree, man. All right, so we had the big match for the U.S. title, Rey Mysterio against his protege, Santos Escobar. Uh, I like seeing in the uh, pre-recorded stuff leading up to this, Rey Mysterio, or maybe it was an interview with Rey personally, but Ray saying that, you know, he used to watch um, El Fantasma, his, you know, uh, Santos Escobar's father on television. He was an influence to him. So it's kind of crazy that he's become close with his son. And what I like about this is that Selena Vega actually looked legitimately emotional throughout this. And I think she probably was to an extent because she's been spending so much time with these guys. Uh, but she did a great job selling the whole match. And Santos kind of... Uh, he was kind of getting pissed off in certain parts. He finally started, like, at, at first, Ray was pushing him, like, hey, get over us being friends. You know, you need to get in this fucking match. And once Santos really started getting mad that Ray was tapping out or uh, getting out of stuff and, and getting out of pins and whatnot, he started getting pissed. And so it started becoming kind of vicious. But Ray would get him, you know, randomly in the end. And, I mean, they had a really fucking great match. Um I liked I liked the ending how he was he was mad and he was like just sad about the whole entire thing but Ray was looking at him like hey man you lost it happens and you know they were going to embrace basically when the street profits attacked them so that kind of made uh, good graces to Bobby Lashley for doing that so I don't know where that's going but they I mean I've always been putting over Santos Escobar ever since he was El Fantasmo in Impact and in AAA. Um, I think he's fucking awesome. I think he's a great talent. Um, I hope he gets more over in this company. I really do. Because maybe he's someone that could use that destination change. Because he was fucking great in NXT. But uh, I like that they're going in the direction that maybe he's going to turn on Ray. And uh, this was good stuff, Chris. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I like that they set up kind of a tag feud for the Street Profits coming out of it. Um, but you still have this, not dissension yet, but the, the seeds for dissension between Ray and uh, Santos Escobar. And uh, in a perfect world, that would lead to a hair versus mask match at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Santos starts growing his hair out <laughs> over the next few months. Be aware that that might be uh, what they're doing. But yeah, I 
I think that'll be a fun when they do break up. I think that could be a really fun match. And uh, even if Santos is the heel in the feud, if, if you don't do hair versus which they probably want because it's it won't because it's WWE. Uh, if Santos gets the win, he could just offer the handshake afterwards, and then he's right back to to where he was. So you kind of have an easy out when it comes to that the the respect respect thing. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's more interesting than the tag feud that they're setting up, but it at least gives both teams something to do in the meantime. I agree. I completely agree. All right. Uh, Becky and uh, Charlotte get to relive their whole entire uh, feud again, uh, have a have a match, which both ladies have incredible chemistry. So we knew we were getting a good match just based on that. Um, I also like that Charlotte called out Bailey was like, what the hell happened to you? Like you used to be like a main contender and now you're like making sure someone else like EO is the winner, like, you know, step up and Bailey kind of being, I think that in storyline took her out of the match throughout it because she was always, you know, on the rebound throughout it. And Charlotte ended up winning with a spear. She didn't even have to use the, the figure uh, eight and, you know, Afterwards, Dakota Kai uh, takes the mic and um, delivers the mic to Bailey. Bailey says Charlotte can't just beat her and cut the line, and she's going to take care of her once uh, and for all. Damage control um, gets up on the apron. Asuka makes the save in hot pink pants and a fur coat, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, Bailey accepts a triple threat match. Yeah, it was like. All right, like like Oscar gets in the in the ring and is like, all right, fine, me and Charlotte versus you two bitches talking about EO and Bailey. And Bailey goes, Fine, EO accepts. She accepts a three-way match at this next pay-per-view against you two. So she completely fucked her friend and like Oscar and Charlotte were like, Wait, what? How the hell did you get that out of it? And uh, but I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, uh, we got the two of them, Oscar, Charlotte, EO for the title at the next pay-per-view, Chris. <laughs> I was like, at first when they did that, I thought it was like, are they going to go the route of what Christian just did with Luchasaurus, where she books like a four-way with herself included for she the could. title? I thought they were, <laughs> at first I thought that's how, what they were going to go with. I was like, that's interesting. Um, it was, okay, I'll start with this. It was a good match. There was a lot of shit that happened in this segment, though, so I got a little lost Uh Especially when it ended with Bailey just being like, okay, you guys have fun in that three-way title match. I'm out. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it, it's uh, they're trying to get as many women roster members as they can to have moments on SmackDown, which is a two-hour show. So I guess it makes sense with what they're trying to do. But um, if they cut this segment in half, they could have had some actual more female wrestling matches on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could definitely see that too. Um, next part. And our final thing, finally, John Cena has gotten to the arena and I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, by the way. Uh, so John gets, and I don't, I don't remember the car. It just made it always because of the size of him. And even though he slimmed down, it looked like he got out of a clown car, but he was pissed, and he was headed to the ring. We have Jimmy and Solo 
and uh, Paul, of course, enter. And, you know, just Jimmy just declaring that they beat up everyone and that John Cena, blah, 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 blah. And, well, Cena gets there and he's not having it. He'll take on both the fucking guys and gets in the ring, starts getting his ass handed to him. And, of course, like I said, L.A. Knight enters, um, helps out John Cena and signs the uh, tag match contract. So it will be Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso against John Cena and L.A. Knight at this upcoming pay-per-view. I should find out the pay-per-view name, but I don't remember it, so fuck it. Anyways, what did you think about this ending for SmackDown last night, Chris? I thought it was a good ending. Um, we kind of talked about the different things that they could do coming out of it. Um, I mean, this is a big moment for L.A. Knight, right? Getting the team with, with Cena, so that's... Uh, that's gonna be that was that's gonna be fun. I they are making John Cena look like the stupidest baby face in the world though, <laughs> by constantly getting his ass kicks like two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's just a nitpick thing. WWE always does that. It's just it it bothers me. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't get himself in that situation, <laughs> at least not without bringing a chair or something. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, you got to be prepared for that type of stuff. What? <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it should be it should be a fun storyline. What we're two weeks out from their pay per view. Yeah, what the hell is it called? Is it like um, Armageddon three? Bruce Willis came back. Fast Lane. Sure. Because the next, well, Fast Lane. We're gonna have I Fast Lane we, and then Elimination. I October's. Oh, yeah, that's right, because October's is hell of a sell, right? Yeah, okay. So. I know they're going to Saudi Arabia as well. Yeah, because they definitely haven't taught. They Usually they try to book those hell in a cell matches out. So maybe they're, this is going to be a. I, I don't know. I don't have their pay per view schedule in front of me. <sighs> but I, normally it's hell in a cell, then it's what? Fast lane, then elimination chamber. Rumble is in there somewhere, and then Mania. Sounds about right. Sure, we'll go with that. So, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) I guess. I don't know why I went off on that tangent. My bad. No, you gave me plenty of time to... I relieved myself, so good job. Uh, (laughs) It was more just thinking about how much time they have to continue to build that feud out. (laughs) The actual pay-per-view it lands on doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it it doesn't. I know that probably, like I said, one of them is going to be in Saudi Arabia, but we'll find out. Anyways, that was WWE this last week. Let's go over to the realm. And uh, of AEW, go over some Dynamite, give our predictions for Wrestle Dream, and then we'll do our little 10 and 10, or whatever the hell in hell. Um, All right, let's start off. Very interesting. And, you know, i got to be honest with you. Because of what happened last week and the fact that Phoenix was not supposed to technically win that match, I didn't know if they would do something weird and... I don't know, something about you or uh, Jeff Jarrett having the interna- international championship 
and just being that fucking dickhead heel. I just thought for a split second that might happen. That was wrong, and I understand why they did that, obviously. We don't want to hot shot the title too much, but um, Ray Phoenix ended up beating Jeff Jarrett. Should Karen Jarrett win that title, Chris? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Uh, I would have liked if Jeff Jarrett won it just because I like this goofy group that he has uh, around him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they could they could have easily done that because obviously the plan wasn't Ray Phoenix winning the belt. Um, they had a decent little match here. Yeah, not, not, nothing to write home about, you know. But it was it was fun. I mean, the biggest moment is there. I mean, I guess they're going to set up a rematch between Karen Jarrett and. And Audrey Edwards, because people care about that, I guess. Thank you, everyone who cares about that. We really appreciate it here at Wrestling Geeks Lines. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably have more of that. Which is lovely. Anyways, the next thing. Uh, I gotta Jeff, say. Jeff Jarrett I, is like, Jeff Jarrett's record, real quick, before we go on, is two and five. How the hell is he getting a title match? <laughs> Ah. Once, once again. <laughs> yeah, they definitely threw that completely out the window now at this point. It's fucking ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, sports-based company. Um, I just love how that was thrown out there as like, this is going to be much more like like sports. We're going to have records. And now it. I'm just not going to get into it. Um, let's go to the next thing. Well, if... If they don't matter, then take them off the little fucking name ticker. <laughs> so then I don't realize that Jeff Jarrett has lost that's five good, matches. <laughs> that's a good fucking point, dude. That is a damn good point. Um, so how did you like this vignette with Adam Cole and MJF? I know that some people are kind of like, I don't know if they're turned off, but they're not as, I think they're fucking hilarious. And I thought this one was also fucking hilarious. I love the part where Adam Cole called out MJF. They're, 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 they're fishing on MJF's boat or MJF's dad's boat, which is smaller. I like how he kind of put that out. He's like, no, this is not my boat. We're, we're, I brought my dad's. And it's like, you know, you see the size of it compared to the other boats. Uh, but we have a, a part where it looked like he was going to hit him in the back of the head because of uh, Roderick Strong. Uh, but Adam kind of called him out on that uh, and knew that he was about to hurt him. Um, and uh, I like that stuff, but the funniest fucking thing, obviously, was fishing, and it ended up being Captain Insano! <laughs> and then it has the three of them hanging out. I, I don't remember if they were eating shit, or, or maybe just drinking, like, like uh, wine coolers or some shit, but it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, we'll talk about how I think this fun comic stuff is gonna end real fucking quick by the end of the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I... It's like one goofy segment. I don't know why there's like a diehard audience that got really offended by this. And I was like, this is not as bad as him and Jericho singing me and my shadow, to be fair. <laughs> so, Which was asshole praise. So, yeah, it's I, I had no problem with this. I thought it was a funny segment on the show. They got real fucking serious outside of this like vignette thing. Uh, my uncle brought up a really funny point. It was, it was like he was uh, referencing The Sopranos where... Uh, Tony takes a uh, pussy out on the boat or no, no, Polly out on the boat. And he, he has the flashback to when he, <laughs> when he killed pussy on the boat. 
It's like running through his yeah. mind. He's like, he's like, that's exactly how MJF looked when he was putting on that ring. And he had that great line where he's like, yeah, because last time I threw someone overboard, it was a whole ordeal, which made me laugh really hard. But I, I liked it whenever it's goofy. If it, you have to like the same, the same people bitching about this are also the ones praising what they're doing with uh, Roderick Strong, who was supposed to be in a hospital, but in a different town, but somehow is in a new hospital with this town. So I guess he got a medical transfer. Like, um, you, you can't think too much about this goofy storyline. The, the payoff is going to be very serious. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm with you on that. And as long as we have a good payoff, that's all I really give a shit about. And I'm kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt because this has been the primary storyline that's I've re- really been interested in within AEW, much like the bloodline with WWE. So uh, I'm going to let them keep on doing their thing, dog. So, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, it's set up. I mean, when, like I said, the rest of the show, MJF is super fucking serious, right? It's set up like a, the seeds of a feud between him and Jay White and then whatever, like we said, we'll get into it later in the show, but whatever the hell they're doing uh, with Jay White. So there's still a lot of things going on with this. And like, if your only takeaway is that shit's goofy, I hate it. And I don't know what to tell you because there's a lot of other things that were set up outside of that one little funny ha ha moment. Yep. Agreed. All right. Next moment. Uh, definitely someone that gets heat. Uh, Mr. Don Callis. He had his Don Callis family interview, and this was basically Takeshka. Guevara is officially with us. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshka and Will Ospreay always dominate. They're destroying everyone. Fuck Chris Jericho. Fuck Kota Bushi, and uh, fuck Kenny Omega. They showed footage of Takeshka uh, it going to... Uh, Ibushi's uh, place in Japan and just beating the shit out of him, his dojo. And uh, yeah, this kind of, we have finally Sammy Guevara talking, just destroying, you know, his friendship with Chris Jericho and just destroying him. And, and I like the line that he said specifically, it's time for me to take the torch and be the star I was supposed to be. I really, really like Sammy Guevara. I'm glad he's branching out. And this whole thing is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, so Will Ospreay's not there, but we got the, the three on three match and then Wheeler Yuta and, uh, Ricky Starks, uh, got into a confrontation backstage and they got a match at Russell Dream. So that's interesting. But, um, that was kind of random. I thought, uh, just to throw it on there, but we'll get to Russell Dream when we get to Russell Dream. Chris, what did you think about this segment? Uh, I thought the segment was great. This was a better promo by Sammy than the first one he cut. Um, but yeah, the Don Callis family, they're very interesting with what they got going on. And this should be a really, really good match, even though you're going to have a slower Jericho um, tied into it. And Coda has not really impressed me since being back. But that just means that I guess Kenny Omega is going to have to work super hard. <laughs> And he's got some good opponents to work off of on the Don Callis side. But uh, I guess the real question is like, well, we'll get into it with our previews, I guess. We can talk about that when we get there. Yep. Um, it's going to be interesting at the end of it. Uh, three or eight blind eliminator match Nick Jackson, Brian Cage, Claudio Casanoli. Uh, this is to get a chance at Ray Phoenix at the. 
the Dynamite fourth anniversary broadcast party, which I think is next week. So that's uh, this next Dynamite. Um, but we have, like I said, Nick Jackson, Brian Cage, Claudio. Dude, Brian Cage and Claudio are fucking freaks when it comes to their strength level. It's ridiculous. But Claudio just, the fact that he's not as big as Brian Cage and he's so deceptively, like, powerful. You know, I, I think that, who was a wrestler I was listening to and, and he was saying, honestly, him and John Cena are the strongest fucking wrestlers that shouldn't be as strong as they 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 are um and in the business i think and i don't remember who exactly said it but that's how i feel from watching this match um i don't think this is so much a nick jackson's uh single run like i know a lot of people are thinking i think nick won mainly to have him and phoenix go at it cuz they promoted the or the anniversary show this is we're gonna end up having the sequel to their match. I don't know if it was on the first episode, but one of the big dynamite matches I remember from a couple of years back. So that's cool. Uh we'll see where it goes. Maybe Nick will get that and we'll see him in singles. I just don't see them going in that direction personally. But as a match, it was good. The only thing that took me out of it was there's one move that Nick did to the both the big guys and flipped them both over where I was like. Yeah, I probably could have not done that. Oh, and it was it was definitely the F5 from Brian Cage that was kicked out from Nick. We could have definitely had Claudio kicked out of that, and it would have been a little bit more realistic, I feel like. That's me nitpicking, but that just presented a match, stuff that could have made it make more sense based on all three of them. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I, I thought it was a, it was a fun match. Um, I kind of had the same nitpicks that you had, and that's mostly just I don't know. Claudio and Brian Cage are fucking monsters, and Nick Jackson is Nick Jackson. <laughs> you know, like so, so. Not taking anything away from Nick Jackson, I do think it's weird that they're doing a random singles run um, because doesn't the other Jackson have a match later on yep. this night? Or am I okay? So they're both doing singles matches now. It's just kind of. I don't know. I don't necessarily like that. I think that they're a very important tag team for AEW. I, I, I don't really want to see any of them go, like either of those guys go on a singles run. <laughs> Nothing against them. It's just they're better as a tag team in what is already a weakened tag division in AEW as of late. Yeah. But. This is a uh, we're gonna get him and Phoenix again. Both of them are amazing wrestlers. Uh, they'll probably end up doing a series of suplexes like Kurt Angle does or 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 uh, Brock Lesnar does, but they'll do it on the ropes somehow. So that's gonna be fucking crazy. Maybe yeah, they'll do a Canadian destroyer on the ropes, Chris. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what yeah, maybe. if they're? What if this is just the uh, just a setup to do another tag feud with the Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers? Yeah, I'm not really interested in that, but I could see that happening. I was thinking that. Yeah, if they're, I, I mean, I'm not against it. At least it gives, you know, at least we'll get to see some tag team wrestling. Yeah, me, to me, it's Penta. I feel like. <laughs> If anyone should be from a tag team should be getting a singles run, I feel like it's him. Um, but what do I know? 
You know, maybe I'm just a mark for Lucha Underground. Even though Phoenix was awesome on it too, I think Penta has always been one of my favorite uh, character luchadors in recent times. Yeah, I mean, Pentagon is just that the character itself is almost bigger than him as a wrestler. There's just something to it where you do want you. It's hard to not want to see him get like a big title picture singles run at some point. And they've yep. like teased it before and never went through with it. So that's kind of frustrating. Yeah. So anyways, um, we had Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, basically, this is situation. So I'm going to kind of lay this out. So they come out. Adam Cole is on crutches. They show the footage where they were telling us Adam Cole hurt himself. And it definitely looked like it. He jumps off the ramp, hits the floor, kind of looks like he rolls his ankle. Um, we don't know how severe it is. We get to this, and Adam Cole, like I said, is on crutches. But he tells us that he not only shattered a part of his ankle, but that he tore all the ligaments. Basically, his ankle exploded. I just didn't find him, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... What I'm going to throw out at the end of this whole entire show is completely made up and crazy. But it didn't seem like he was... This is fucking Adam Cole coming back from being on a break from a fucking concussion that almost took his career. Um, I just find it like... There was emotion, but it just didn't seem as... as uh, I don't know. I can't put it. As real. I, but I, I don't want to say that, I guess, at the same time, just in case it is real. But to me, that's how it came off. So he's not going to be able to do anything. And he's talking about when we relinquish the Ring of Honor tag belts, and MJF's not happen, or having it. And another reason why I think this, MJF says, take as much time as you want off. I'll hold down the title by myself. So him against Aussie Open, which doesn't make any damn sense. And uh, at first, Adam's not... You know, doesn't want to hear that, thinks it's fucking crazy, but finally listens to him. We have Roderick Strong interrupt and call Adam all obnoxiously like he's been doing. Um, that's definitely going to pop out of me. And MJF tells Adam Cole, just go, you know, whatever. And Adam Cole ducks out. Uh, definitely was a lot of reaction for the audience of worry and some groans, which is annoying because it's like, okay, it's so bad that he injured himself. Sorry it's bothering you, bud. Fucking asshole. Uh, but anyways, I just don't know. It, 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 Like I said, I'll get into my reasoning when we get to the end of the show. But then we have Jay White, his entrance, MJF, bewildered of why the fuck is this guy coming out, uh, him coming to the ring. I thought that, yes, MJF threw some stiff ones while he was going at, MJ, or at Jay White. But I feel like Jay White, you know, hung his ground uh for, for a huge chunk of it and i love how it seems like we're going to get a few between jay white and mjf um well you know what once we're done talking about this chris we'll just jump to the fucking ending because there's no point in like kind of hanging on to it uh but i i really really liked this back and forth from jay white and mjf these guys are are great and uh they're young they're both, I think, still in their 20s, for Christ's sake. Um, and this is very intriguing based, especially, like I said, on the ending.
Hey, Chris, um, if you are talking for some reason, I'm not hearing it on my end. Okay, uh, sorry about that. Oh, you're back. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I kind of liked that he was like a little stiff calling him Tofu and and uh, being the scumbag that MJF is, but as a baby face, because we don't really, I mean, with maybe the exception of LA Knight and MJF, there's been a long period of wrestling where the heels are the ones that are like really getting over on the mic, um, like attacking the baby face, kind of running them down. It, it was good to see, good to see the opposite, honestly. Um, and like you said, Jay White hold, held his own, but he is not, you know, he's not the promo per se that MJF is, nor is, nor is there anyone in that company, maybe with the exception of like Moxley and Kingston. Um, but I think it worked for what it was. And then we get this weird thing at the ending. Uh, I agree with you as far as Adam Cole goes. I think that they did a good job of if he if he sprung his ankle or something like say he has a high ankle sprain that's like a four to six week injury. I don't know that he blew up his entire ankle. If he blew up his entire ankle, he's going to be gone for like a year, right? Uh, and with them continuing the rest of the storylines around it, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I'm assuming it's some sort of like ankle sprain or high ankle sprain. He's going to be gone for you know four to six weeks and then they came up with this idea that they did with jay white towards the end of the show and and setting up sending him out um to cut a promo to move continue the story along um in whatever way that they can so it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to get out of that tag match i kind of assumed that samoa joe was going to be a fill-in partner or something but they didn't go that route so it's it's interesting stuff uh I mean, MJF can cheat, so <laughs> technically he could just get himself disqualified in this match and in the match in like two minutes. Because if he gets disqualified, the title doesn't change hands. And they don't normally do DQs, but this would be a situation that it, it might actually make sense if he just starts the match and hits the guy with the fucking <laughs> dynamite diamond ring right off the rip in front of the ref, and they just toss the match out. Because <laughs> maybe that's what he means by holding down the fort. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't know. So I guess let's go into the ending. So the last thing that we see at the show is it was four guys and at least one of them, they all had the outfit, but one of them had literally MJF's outfit that he wears on his way to the ring, the purple robe with the black, you know, under it, and then that weird ass fucking mask, the Basically, I, and I think many people, don't think this is MJF attacking Jay White with three other, three other individuals. My whole concept is this is either this is either the Bang Bang Gang. Um, now, that would have been, yeah, so the Bang Bang Gang would have been three along with him. Uh, no, well, I don't know who the fourth person in that situation is, so I don't know. But basically, them trying to make it look like Jay White gets attacked, but it's actually Jay White's, you know, the one hosting it. Now, there's the interesting one that I think a lot of people are thinking is that it's Adam Cole. And this is obviously Matt Taven. Oh, Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis, sorry. Um, 
There is that possibility as well. And that's a very interesting way of going about it, of changing Adam Cole now, positioning him possibly as a heel. And he's got his new group. And he's actually going after, you know, MJF that he got finally into his head. So I don't know. It's interesting, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that's immediately where my mind leaped to, which makes me think, you know, this gives them a way to to advance the storyline with Adam Cole without directly making him turn heel and not having to work like matches if he is really like if he did spring his ankle. Um, I was trying to think of another group that it could be. Like Dark Order. <laughs> Would they do that? Because, uh, like House of Black with a new member, <laughs> like yeah, who that's else? the weird part is the fact that it was four people, you know. Yeah, and and they have tied up so much into that storyline. But the thing is, is like, why would they jump Jay White? Exactly. So I think Adam Cole, obviously, if if his group were to do it, that's positioning. This was all a ruse. This is all set up. This is all going after fucking. Um, MJF, and we're now we're even going to have another group going after MJF because they fucked up the leader that wants to get his title. Or, like I said, in the other situation, is Jay White trying to throw off MJF and say that he did something, and maybe the other person is their newest member who I'll just throw out Chris Bay because I know that you love him so much, um, and I do too, but I don't think he's out of impact, but maybe they have a new member. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that could be a definite possibility. I could see them doing that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the two options. It's a Bullet Club trick, or it's Adam Cole, Roddy, and, and, and uh, Bennett and Taven, right? So, yeah. Does that I mean, mean we're not going to have the funny Roddy anymore? Because I don't want that. Yeah, I'm not ready to get rid of Roddy going, ah, no. <laughs> and And wearing his neck brace to matches and taking it off for the match. <laughs> neck strong, bud. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't, we, we know it wasn't MJF because none of those guys were MJF size. So... <laughs> Like I can go ahead and tell you, or we can go ahead and we can eliminate MJF as being one of the groups. So it's it's interesting to uh, see what they're going to do with that, and uh, who is going to come to the aid of the dastardly MJF who has burnt every bridge when he does have all these factions bearing down on him. Is that where is that know. where you is that where you fit in Samoa Joe game respect game kind of thing? Tell, he comes out and he's like, yeah, let's just bring it. I like that. Uh, I'm down for that. I'm down. Maybe he needs a... Maybe maybe the pinnacle gets back together. That's interesting as well. Uh, it, I mean, at least they found a way to turn like chicken shit into chicken salad. Because I am assuming the fact that Adam Cole did have to go to the hospital and was seen leaving with a cat, like an air cast on, I'm assuming that he did like tweak his ankle. It's just uh, what he put out there of, of what happened. I don't think is the case. So they're gonna. I think they're gonna have to at least carry this storyline for, you know, probably four four or five weeks, continuing it the way it currently is, 
with these kind of beatdown scenarios. Yeah, that definitely could be true for sure. But I am enjoying this. Is this is the main storyline, uh, pretty much in the show? Next, we had a preview, sort of, of the tag match uh, that we were talking about for tonight. Uh, this is this is the the one that's the number one contender one uh, for the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championships. It's Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, Guns, and uh, Hook and Orange Cassidy. But out of those, we had Penta, Matt Jackson, Orange Cassidy, and Austin got in the match. Um, I want to say that within this, all everyone, I mean, this was fucking crazy-ass match, but everyone was great. Austin Gunn, is he not his fucking father's son? Like, it's it's ridiculous how natural he is in certain things that he does in the ring. I think that he's great. Um, I'm glad that Orange Cassidy won because, I mean, he just lost the title, so it was nice seeing a win. Uh, but I kind of wanted Penta, honestly, to win in it. But, you know, that's just me being selfish. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a Penta mark. But everyone looked pretty damn good in it. Uh, and Cassidy ended up getting the win. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed the match. Um, Austin Gunn did look very good in this match. I'm not going to lie. I thought he had some good timing and he took the most of an ass whipping. Out of, the, out of pretty much anyone in the match as far as like the beat down get a good orange Cassidy comeback you know and and get the w i will say austin gunn one thing he did do is he went up way high to get the famouser and just over jumped <laughs> i'm a little bit that was the only nitpick i would have you got for him. too much uh, ass yeah he had too much ass and jump <laughs> The he I guess he assumed his opponent was going to go up a little higher with him, but like he ended up sliding over their back. That just means that that guy can jump out of the gym, basically. <laughs> but Jesus. Uh, it, it just it ended up looking kind of weird because he like kind of overshot the leg. But outside of that, everything else he did in that match looks good, and they're getting better and better. Um, but yeah, he he does he does just have the vibe of Billy Gunn a lot. He's doing a lot more than Billy Gunn ever did in matches <laughs> as far as like yeah. moves and shit. But, uh, but yeah, there's just that natural like, oh, my God, you can definitely tell that that is Billy Gunn's kid. Um, yeah, good match. It was a solid, solid match. I'm looking forward to that kind of thrown together tag battle. Yeah, that's that's going to be a fun match. Not going to lie. That's going to be a fucking fun watch uh, to, to watch tomorrow night. All right. Uh, next match, um, we had Willow Nightingale and Julia Hart. I like both these ladies. I think that they have both built themselves into just really cool characters. I wish I could hear more from Willow because she has so much personality, and I think she does great when she's in promos. Uh, but, you know, we, we've had Hart who's been on a winning streak for a while. I don't think she's lost match. I remember, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but you know, uh, Excalibur said that she had it for, Oh, actually it's right here. Okay. Appearing as an in-ring competitor. Uh, it's been over 17 months since she got a loss. So that's weird that she didn't get a title shot, um, at all, but whatever, either way, she's awesome. The entrance is awesome. Uh, you know, even though she's the size, she's really, doing this great, I don't know, 
there's something scary about her. There's there's a, a viciousness to her. And then the counter that Willow is awesome. She's just she seems like a fucking cartoon character. Um, and they had a pretty good match, part one. Um, and yeah, I've I've, I've really liked this package, Chris. I have too. In in the, I don't like the intro song, but that's just nitpicking, just because I don't like the song. But like the rest of the appearance, I love Brody King as the bodyguard, especially when he just makes cutoffs, <laughs> like he's been doing with Chris Statlander. I think that's a that's a neat put together package. It kind of makes me wish they would have done that with Alexa Bliss and. Uh, Bray Wyatt when he was the fiend as opposed to how that storyline went up this is like a better version of that if you're going to do kind of like a weird evil gimmick with her um the hat's awesome I think that her and Willow had a great match my only thing with Willow is like you said she's not getting any kind of mic time at least not on Dynamite or um the televised products I haven't tuned into too much of the Ring of Honor paid weekly shows or whatever so maybe she's getting it there but uh she's kind of coming off like happy-go-lucky Bailey, so they do need to give her some time on the mic to, you know, put herself over outside of just like I'm so happy to be a wrestler. Because hey, did that... you like? Did you like the touch that she did about wearing the bandages around her face because she got missed to her uh, the last time? Thought that was actually kind of cool. I did, except for when they took it off, she had a black yeah. eye, and it yeah. like look, that looks kind of bad. But <laughs> they tried, I uh, guess. Yeah, but at least at least they acknowledge that it happened because this was like taking out. If you remember, they had fucking uh, <laughs> Pox like entire head wrapped that one time. <laughs> um, Jesus, like he, was, he was the Invisible Man. So at least they're keeping it, uh, remembering what they used to do with that. Whereas like WWE would have just forgotten, never brought it back up. Um, so. I'll give them props on that. It did just like it looked just kind of goofy after it got ripped off. <laughs> and then she never really sold her eye throughout the rest of the match. So I was like, well, what was the point of that spot? But um, I like the way that Julia Hart is working um, and then finding ways to incorporate, you know, even though she's undersized, she does have the ability to escape outside and have her body her bodyguard kind of stop an offensive attack to let her reset and use her speed. And I think that combo works really well. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, both ladies doing a pretty good job. Um, and we need strong characters essentially within the men and the, and the women's uh, division. So good stuff. I like the ending, how, you know, Julia keeps on putting the move right back on the person afterwards. And this time Chris Statlander got out and we had that stare down with her. And uh, Brody, uh, Brody Lee, or Brody King, I should say, uh, R.I.P. Uh, but that was pretty fucking funny. Is Chris Statlander? Uh, I kind of want to see that match. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, that's, it seems like more like they're setting up a match between her and Brody King than her and Julia Hart, which is weird. But um, I think it's working. You know, Chris Statlander obviously has not uh, had the courage to try to fight. Brody King, which is probably smart. Um, but that's going to be, it's going to be interesting because you know Brody King's eventually going to put hands on her. And then, like, who's going to come to to help her? I'm assuming it's going to be Orange Cassidy, right? Best friends? Yeah. 
So I, I'm down for an Orange Cassidy Brody King series of matches. That would be that'll be very interesting to see how they work that out. I think they're both great wrestlers. It'll just be interesting to see what that they what they do in ring together. Yeah, it really would. And if he beats somehow Brody King, does he go after the uh, Malachi afterwards, or does he have to like what 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 involvement could you get with him with those fucking crazies? Um. But also, I just want to say, Chris, and since we're talking about the House of Black, we need a if if the righteous, which I really have liked their vignettes. I mean, they're basically it's it's Vincent and Dutch, but I feel like it's it's supposed to be like Charles Manson and and Jim Jones and the tag team. So if we have the Christian zealot crazy cult leaders, they need to go against the nihilist fucking you know Aleister Crowley. Uh, cult group, you know, eventually, and it would be funny because I feel like the the dark guys would be the baby faces in that. I don't know. <laughs> just saying, we need to see it happen. That's what I'm saying. Vincent still looks like the guy. Like I've brought this up before, but he looks like the older guy that shows up at high, uh, high school parties and sells Molly. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, I like the vignettes too. That is interesting. The only problem is they got they got to get one more. Who's going to be their big hoss? Well, they had Stu Grayson, and he was at it, and then all of a sudden he was gone. So I don't know what the fuck that was all about. Maybe he hurt himself, but I, I feel like you need another guy that's like uh, maybe David Koresh. Maybe Christian, after after Luchasaurus beats him up and gets the title back, he joins them as the third member, and he's like David Koresh. Yeah. That's yeah. a great idea, huh? This is not going to offend yeah. anyone at all. <laughs> it's not like cult leaders aren't fucking popular for people to listen about. I mean, they're definitely going for Charles Manson and Jim Jones. I'm just saying. Yeah, I no mean, and they're not the first person, the first people to do that. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. I'm trying to think of the uh, Kevin Sullivan, the, the guy that was in NWA. No, I'm more recently um, that passed away. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm oh yeah. Damn it, uh, I know was, exactly what you're talking about. He was doing that with NWA during the 10 pounds of gold and stuff, which I thought was really great. So it's kind of cool to see that uh, that come out. Um, you know who would be great for this group? Lance who? Archer. Ooh. Like a reformed, I've seen the light Lance Archer sort of shit. And then Jake Roberts does too. They have seen the light. And they can like, oh my God. Yeah, do that actually. And then, that. and then that gives you a big hoss in their group to go against uh, the uh, the uh, House of Black. I think that would be a fun series of matches. Oh, and think about Dutch, who's already big by himself, fucking basically a modern Ray Taylor and Lance Archer in a fucking tag team together. Right. I think it, I think that'd be awesome, especially because they don't have Lance Archer. They don't have anything for him to do. So no, uh, he he might show up on a list later. I'm glad that you did, man, because I, I just realized I forgot him. So, uh, but yeah, definitely agree with you on that. But uh, yeah, this was this was good stuff. Let's get to the the main thing, and then we'll go over the pay per view predictions. Uh, we had the contract signing, Heyman Page and Swerve Strickland. I thought for some reason, and I thought both guys were great. I thought specifically Swerve was great with some of the shit that he was saying. There's just something missing from this, and I can't really put my finger on what. Um, I am looking forward to their match. 
but some of the stuff that Bleacher Report put out on their website, I did like. Uh, I love how Shane said, what's a cowboy to an outlaw? What's a buckshot to a kill shot? Referencing his old Lucha uh, Underground character. Um, basically just pointing out, because Paige is trying to say that they're very alike, that they're very, very fucking different. Um, and then uh, he said, this isn't a personal thing between you and me. Quite frankly, it could have been anyone, but it's just n- just so happened to be you in the position that I want. And I don't know. He's very persistent about this. Obviously this would break up to shenanigans and um, it would go into the back and we would see what we've already talked about with Jay Wiking uh, attacked. Um, but how did you like this contract signing, Chris? I thought this was great on both of their parts promo wise. And I love hangman just stabbing him in the fucking hand and uh, swerve selling his hand. I thought that was great. That's um, right. Swerve is phenomenal at selling. <laughs> we saw him sell his arm in that casket recently, which I put over, I think harder than a lot of other things on that pay-per-view. Uh, I think swerve needs to win here. Oh yeah. Um, not that I have anything against Adam Cole, but they have Adam something Cole. with this, or Adam Pay, Hangman. Um, they have something with Swerve as this version of himself, uh, which I, you know, not that. Like I said, there's nothing, nothing against Hangman. I think he's he's great, but he's uh, he's had his time at the top, and uh, I like the story of Hangman, or not Hangman, but uh, Swerve wanting to become the first Black AEW champion. I like that storyline and I like the, the like him kind of talking like he's being held down. There's other people that are getting opportunities that don't even seemingly want it, which is kind of the story here with Adam Page. And I think that's like something you could take a long way. Um, so hopefully they go that route. Yeah, man, I completely agree with you on that. I just like Swerve's character work is great and him becoming this really angry but kind of off in the head heel it just he's doing a really good job with it he has been for a minute and uh as a lyricist just pointing this out if you need someone for mjf to face in a promo battle swerve is probably not the worst person you could get nope uh you know they 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 chose well with uh jay white but i'm hoping this actually possibly you know put swerve into one of those categories for uh, MJF to go back and forth with, for sure. So I agree with you. Uh, this is a fuck. This 12 matches. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, on a Sunday. On a Saturday, I can force myself to stay up because I can sleep in. But Jesus. Oh, two of them are on the pre-show. But all these matches are pretty fucking big. Oh. <laughs> Making me really miss that Wembley 1 o'clock start time. <laughs> My God. <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, seriously. All right, so AEW Wrestle Dream. This is in uh, Seattle, so home to Darby Allen and Brian Danielson. All right, so our matches we got for the first pre-show match: the acclaimed with their triple um, trios uh, championships, uh, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, and Billy Gunn going against TMDK. I don't know who the fuck these guys are. Shane Haste, 
Maybe this is New Japan. Shane Haste, Mikey Tito. Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito. Is TMDK from GCW? Isn't that like fucking uh, Nick Gage's group? Oh, no, this is... Um, this is No, that's... Um, I know what you're talking about. Fuck. <laughs> That's Kill Squad or D- DMK? Uh, I don't know. Uh, D- yeah. Too many e- D- D's, M's, and K's, bro. All right, this is this is um, what the fuck was the name of their damn tag team in NXT? Was the Mighty? Yeah, the Mighty. These are the two guys from the Mighty and another Australian fellow. Um, bad dude Tito. What is that? I don't think I've ever seen this guy. But all right, well, I think I'm 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 not 100 percent sure, Chris, but I think the acclaimed's got this. Yeah, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that the acclaimed is gonna win here. No, no offense to these other guys. I, I'm actually now I'm just curious to see how good the match is because obviously they wouldn't have brought them in and put them in a title match if they didn't think the guys were really talented. So I remember the mighty. I have no idea who the other guy is. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, next match. This was called out last night on Rampage. Nick Wayne going against Luchasaurus. Um, well, I think Luchasaurus is going to fucking destroy Nick Wayne. I think it's going to get... Probably it's going to make uh, Darby very unhappy going into his match. I think Nick Wayne's going to get a win in his hometown. He's going to get a roll-up pin here. Let's have a let's have a happy ending is what you're saying. My my idea kind of goes with, with uh, my prediction for later on, but I, you know, if Nick Wayne wins, that's a uh, good reasoning. We yeah, and I, I think it could definitely play into the finish, regardless of like because he can still like if Luchasaurus decides to come out, he can still come out there and cost Darby the match. One of the two. I'm assuming are going to go over with it being in their hometown and AEW does the opposite of WWE <laughs> when yep. it comes to hometown. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this should be a fun match. I've liked Nick Wayne so far. I mean, in reality, he should get murdered by Lucha, this version of Luchasaurus that they have, but I could see him winning with like a cradle or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, <coughs> we'll have to see the match. I just think that if you did it where Luchasaurus, <coughs> Kills Nick Wayne. That would affect. Sorry. Yeah. So sorry. basically, yeah. Basically, you're saying like Nick Wayne gets murdered. That affects Darby Allen. It ter- makes Darby Allen turn it up to eleven in this best of three falls match. Essentially, yeah. Sorry, I had something trapped in my throat. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, but. We'll see. It, it, I like either scenarios played out. Um, next match we should talk about. Randomly added, Willow Yuta, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks needs to beat Willow Yuta. They'll have a good in-ring match, that's for sure, but I think it's more about Starks right now um, coming to a rise as a top superstar in the company. And uh, Wheeler is unfortunately the guy that's really good to go off of, right? What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think you need to get Ricky Starks a win here after losing to Punk and Brian Danielson. Um, I will say I that's the best I've seen Wheeler Yuta on the mic was the setup yeah. for this match. I completely agree with you. I thought that was actually a pretty good promo. So we'll we'll see. Um, 
The next match, we have the tag titles on the line. Four-way match. Wait, four-way match. Oh, no, no, this is the future season. I just, I screwed them both up. Oh, God. All right, this is for a number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Champion. Sorry, both shows, really? They have to have a four-way fucking tag match? Jesus Christ. Are these all yeah. brothers? Yeah, they have to get all of the people that they have on this fucking 12-match card. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right. Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, um, the Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, the Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix and Pentel Zero, and last, another set of brothers, Orange Cassidy and Hook. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, that, that was right. Um, who do I think is going to go against uh, FTR next? Who do I want is, is more of the question. I don't think it's going to be the Young Bucks for the obvious. They just had their end of their feud. I'm actually, this might sound crazy, we just saw the other half of their group have some great matches with FTR in Jay White and Juice Robinson, uh, named Gin and Juice, I believe. Is that their name? Yeah. Um, I actually want to see the Guns and, and uh, FTR lock up. They, they have before, but now that they've had a little more seasoning, I want to see the Guns against them. Um, or or the, 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 the weird team. I, Orange Cassidy and Hook is also fun, too. Those are my two teams that I could see winning. Yeah, I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy and Hook just because they haven't done that. I think that yeah. you know FTR will retain against them, but I think that's a, a uh, be a fun combination, especially when it gets to promos. <laughs> FTR is going to come do their big rah-rah promo, and uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook are just going to eat chips. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, they both really don't say much. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like I could see Orange Cassidy, like, um, I'll speak on behalf of me and my partner that we're probably gonna beat you. <laughs> and then he just eats a Dorito. <laughs> and then he just takes a Dorito out of the bag, and you just have fucking cash, like with his eyes about to like ball out of his head. Yeah, that'd be great. I like it. That's. That's going to be the most, that would be the most amazing part of that feud is it, th- them not acknowledging FTR is going to drive Dax and Cash crazy. And I feel like they could play that role really well. So uh, I kind of want to see that. Nothing against the guns. Like I just said, I think they've gotten a lot better, but we've, we've seen that match twice. So this would be and something it, fun and new. And Nick's got the match for the singles belt for the international belt uh, the next week. So it'd be weird. Um, going right back there. Yeah, all of them have had matches. Well, have we seen Lucha Brothers and FTR? We had to have when they were with um, when they were with Tully. Okay, yeah. That, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right, well, let's keep on looking down the list for some matches. We talked about it with their uh, promo at the end. Hangman Adam Page, Swerve Strickland, I hope this is a banger, man. I hope this is a really aggressive match because that's what they put off. Uh, especially Swerve. Both of them can high fly, but I hope this is more about a match about two guys that want it and that have kind of a... They don't like each other. So this is going to be a fucking scrappy fight to some extent. And I already said it. I want Swerve to win. I could I could do without... I could do it with a, a clean win. 
uh, for Swerve. But if they have shenanigans, Brian Cage, Prince Nana, I mean, they, he is a fucking heel. So that there is that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want him to just win it clean, though. I'm, I'm on the same page as far as the direction of where they seem to be taking his uh, his character. But I would have no problem with it if they have to do a fucky finish. Um, this should be a good match. This might end up being match of the night, honestly, because I think both these guys are going to try to try to show up the rest of the card. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely going to be a uh, a big match feel. Is that what they say usually? All right, uh, next one. This is a, a good question of what the hell is going to happen within this. There's a lot of story. We got the Righteous, Dutch and Vincent going against MJF, and uh, we don't know. We don't know if MJF is going to be by himself, if someone is going to want to team with him, maybe a Samoa Joe, if something will happen. It's so weird that I don't even know. I feel like since we're already building the righteous, I don't know, in a scenario of like them getting a win, it is two on one, but I, I have no idea. I don't really have a prediction for this match is what I'm trying to say. Um, this would be big for the righteous, especially him being the champion. Um, but it's also pinning the champion against the tag team. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, I mean, if they want the easy out, they could do what I said earlier, which is just have MJF get disqualified on purpose. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with him not having a partner, you really wouldn't want him to beat two people that you're trying to build in vignettes. Exactly. That's... <laughs> you could have you could have Joe volunteer to be MJF's partner and then just choke his ass out. There's another way out of it. Oh, oh, oh that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, and then that continues that down the line for later on if you wanted to go that route. I, they're going to have to do something creative because you 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 honestly can unless they're just going to put the titles uh, on the righteous right off the rip. I, I don't I don't think it's the best idea. I always hate it when they would have John Cena beat like tag champions or like a tag team that WWE was trying to book. And that would be kind of the same scenario here if MJF wins. Uh, unless they have Roddy, <laughs> Roddy come out and be his tag partner or something fucking weird or one of the members of uh, that little squad. And but, Roddy screws him over. <laughs> you could do so many different things with this. So it's it's very interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a lot of outs. Um, if yeah. they want to keep the belts on MJF, like I said, the easiest is just to have him, as soon as the match starts, just hit the dude with the diamond ring and just be out. No shit. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next match. Interesting match. I don't know if uh, Eddie Kingston's good at gambling, but I'm going to assume by how he got both titles on the line with this, without Shibata even asking for it. And didn't even ask for the, I guess, the pure championship you couldn't have on the line. But I'm just saying Shibata is a champ. But he's giving Shibata the chance to now be a triple champ at once uh, with both the Ring of Honor and the New Japan um, Strong Openweight Championship on the line. Who do you got, Eddie Kingston and Shibata? I I kind of think that Shibata has to beat one of his mentors. That's the whole point of this. 
Yeah, I have I have Kingston winning here. Um, I'm more worried about what this match is going to look like. Yeah. Because uh, not that Eddie can't chain wrestle. I just don't know that that's the best <laughs> best type of Eddie Kingston match you're going to get. And Shibata is going to be a little bit limited in, in how much brawling he can do. Um, that's a good point. So I, I wonder if that just plays into the finish. Um, but I mean, Kingston's a baby face right now, so it's kind of hard. Like, I, I, I don't know how the, if you're an agent, how you book whatever the finish of this is going to be. Maybe it's filthy Tom. He's going to run in and do a run in. <laughs> do it. It is small short shorts. Yeah. He's pretty, uh, he's still pretty pissed about not having that match with Adam Cole. So. Maybe 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 it's Filthy Tom's group. What was that group called in New Japan Strong? I'm trying to think. maybe they're the ones that jumped uh, Jay White. Team Filthy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Team Filthy all along. See, that's probably what it's going to be. I like that. All right, uh, next match we have for the two out of three fall for the AEW TNT Championship. Christian Cage champion is going against Darby Allen. Uh, the scenarios I see happening. I feel like there is a good chance because they've already established that Luchasaurus just didn't mind losing the fucking title to Christian and then like raised his hand, was forced to kind of. Like, I feel like what should happen is Christian loses this and Darby wins in Seattle back the title he's had. Um, and then Christian just gets demolished finally from fucking Luchasaurus. But I don't know. Christian with that belt, even when he didn't have it, he had it. And he's been pretty fucking entertaining. So I am very, very torn on this. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Christian's going to lose. There you go. I'll just say it. Oh, man, I'm so torn on that because I really don't want to see him without that belt because he's made that belt very entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, Darby has lost like every big match he's ever had that's not a tag match. <laughs> so it would be nice to see him win one in his hometown. Um, I, I know that will make my nieces very happy if that's the case. They're, they're huge Darby marks. And uh, it really sucks watching pay-per-views with them because you kind of go into it knowing Darby's going to lose. So it'd be nice if it was the opposite tonight for once. Or tomorrow night, I should say. Yeah. And then, like I said, then afterwards, Luchasaurus just fucking annihilates him and we just go on from whatever. Then Christian, like I said, he becomes David Koresh and the uh, Righteous. Anyways, all right, next match. Let's go. Um, let's do the the women's uh, championship. This is uh, Julia Hart with Brody King against Chris Statlander. Do we have a part where somehow Chris Statlander suplexes Brody King? Should we do that? Anyone think that's a terrible idea? Okay, let's not do that. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. They could do it. They Rhea does it, and it works. They could do a. They point. could do a Rhea. They could do a Rhea spot. I don't think anybody would get upset about that. All right. Well, maybe we'll get a Rhea spot in it. I think that it could happen. Um, I think that Chris Statlander needs to win this. But at the same time, it won't surprise me if somehow Julia Hart wins this 
to start something new up. Uh, she's at least established enough as a character where I could believe that there might that might happen, if that makes sense, Chris. Yeah, and I don't think it would be the worst idea to maybe try to elevate your heavyweight title picture by moving Statlander to something different. Mm-hmm. So you could see like a, I could see like a missed finish here, right? It's the yeah. TBS ch- championship. So outside of like Jade Cargill's ridiculous run, they haven't had a, a big problem with flip-flopping that belt. No, they really haven't. All right, so let's go. I'm looking up the list. We've done that one. All right, we got the Don Callis family. Kenoshke Takeshka, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay with Don Callis versus Jericho and the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi. Like you, I'm kind of worried about what this is going to look like, but I feel like everyone's so good and professional. Uh, for the most part, that I think the other guys are going to be able to complement the things that are not so good over on Team Jericho and Abushi with Kenny Omega. So, yeah. Um, but I think Don Callis' family has to win this. I, it's kind of, I mean, I know the baby faces always have to win, but he's just established all three of these guys in the same group. You're finally getting him in one match. He's the main heel guy or manager, if you will. Um, yeah, I just feel like they probably have to win. But then again, Kenny Omega could, you know, knock Sammy Guevara's head off and then win. One, two, three. Yeah, I kind of feel like Jericho is going to start the match out and just take most of the heat, right? To give hot tags to Kenny and uh, Coda. I mean, that's the way to kind of work around it. But, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I kind of have the Callis family winning here. I, I don't know what that means for the Kenny Omega storyline going forward or the Jericho storyline going forward, but uh, you're bringing in Will Ospreay. I don't necessarily think that he should lose. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So I'm I'm kind of torn on on that. Did you see the Will Ospreay video where he got the tattoo uh, with the attendance of Wembley and the date and all that stuff? And then it came out the attendance was wrong. Oh, I'd be really mad about that. I would not be happy. He was. It was really funny. He's just kind of laughing. He's like, my mother always said he'd, she'd kill me if I got a fucking tattoo. And he's like, I go out, I get a tattoo, and then this shit comes out. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's worth watching. He had a good sense of humor about it. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> Let's move on. We're on to the uh, the big matches, I would say. Right, Chris? Well, I mean, I think the biggest storyline match is the one we just talked about, right? But uh, one other thing I would say about Will Ospreay. Is he actually part of the Don Callis family? Is that is that how we get around this? Is Will Ospreay just going to get pissed at Don Callis and it's walk out on this off. team? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely could happen. Watch them do that, actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> Because Will Ospreay kind of seems like a lone wolf, my guy. <laughs> you know, I obviously he wanted that paycheck for the Wembley show, and Don was able to get him that. But you could, I could easily see him doing that. Yeah, now that you mentioned, I think that that you could, I could see that happening for sure. Um, 
All right, well, we got two matches left because I didn't realize that probably was the main event. But uh, either way, these are still two big matches. FTR, Cash Wheel and Dax Harwood against Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis really like Aussie Open. think they're a damn good tag team. Uh, FTR is going to win those. But I think this is their third match with FTR, I'm pretty sure. So it's probably going to be a banger. Yeah, it should be a really, really good match. Um, they've had good matches before. Hopefully this is the coup de gras, so to speak, of their tag matches. I I wouldn't be super upset if Aussie Open won, but, I mean, FTR kind of is, as far as the tag division goes, they're carrying it on their back right now. So I don't know that it's best the, nest, the best thing to do to take those titles off of them. That and they have two sets of tag titles. So there's another set of tag titles that Aussie Open could go after if they really wanted to yeah that's a very good point all right so the big main event we have i mean to me this is it's either this match or like we were talking about beforehand um with which other match that you said was probably gonna be match of the night uh darby allen and christian no hangman page yeah I mean, it's either this one or or the Hangman Swerve one, but uh, Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr., singles match. Um, this uh, technical... Everyone, if you're a fan of technical wrestling, chain wrestling, all that type of stuff, everyone's been clamoring for this and fantasy booking it for a very long time, so pretty cool. Uh, Brian's working with Zack Sabre. I liked his work with um, Okada not too long ago. I want to see another match between the two of them because I think they could do better. I'm wondering if this is another feeling out situation because we're putting a lot of, um, not pressure, but as fans, you see this and you put a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm assuming that him and Zack Sabre are going to have a damn good match, though. But uh, who do you have win? I guess Brian Danielson. Yep, Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I think Brian Danielson is probably going to win here. Um, and this probably will not be the only match that those two have. Because I know Brian, this is someone Brian Danielson's wanted to work a program with for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, what that what that necessarily, what that means, um, I'm not sure of. I mean, it could mean that you get the second match at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Or we find, is Brian Danielson finally going to go to Japan? That's the the real question. Because at the end of the day, New Japan needs to be like, hey, we we love that you guys are sending us Eddie Kingston, but can we get like, <laughs> you know, can we can we get like a can we get like Kenny Omega or Brian Danielson, like you know, give give us something back here? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, this is going to be one hell of a match. Um, it does suffer from people have built this match up in their head of what they think it's going to be for a long period of time, not necessarily thinking about uh, the, not that Brian Danielson isn't still great, but thinking about, you know, the Brian Danielson they're probably picturing in their head is not this Brian Danielson. So I think it's going to be a really good match. I don't know. I'm kind of more invested in the actual story of the, you know, swerve and hangman match. That's the, that's probably why I was leaning more towards that being my match of the night. But this should be a damn good match, and I'm sure that it's gonna that Dave Meltzer is gonna come all over his TV and give it seven stars regardless. Yeah. So <laughs> look look forward to that. 
should be a great match. I definitely would have Brian Danielson win this. It, it, it's AEW's fucking pay-per-view, so he should win it. Or they should do a time limit draw. Something. Brian, I'm telling you, uh, Chinatown Rumble is... I have not, like, blasted that much since I saw that match with uh, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair in 89. Uh, anyways, uh... <laughs> I I wish I could do a good Brian Alvarez so we could continue this, but I don't <laughs> I can't. I I wish I could do a great Brian Alvarez, but I can't. He's got a very distinct voice too, but I just I suck at it. So you know what we got? No, it's it's not it. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's an intangible miss. Anyways, let's do this list. List, Chris. How far did you get in your list? Uh, I had some additional ones that I added, but I do not have. I have five and five for sure, and then I have a couple that I'll throw out there as well. All right. So what we'll do, since you have some ones to throw out there, I'm gonna take five of mine and kind of just throw them out there as once, and then more of the the main ones uh, that I want to talk about will be talked about. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. I'm more or less talking to myself because I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. Guys, I can multitask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I will say we, and I don't have it in a direct countdown. These are just literally, I, even though I'm about to more talk separately about five cutting my list, um, they're basically just random. You know, they're just five, ten people I could see uh, that AEW has that would be possibly better off in WWE and vice versa. Now, I'm going to say, first of all, that I did want to mention two things when I was thinking about AEW uh, wrestlers going to the WWE. I think House of Black... And honestly, the idea of Buddy Matthews and, and uh, Malachi or Alistair Black, uh, just because they're both Triple H guys and also Buddies, uh, either girlfriend or fiance is Rhea Ripley. That makes sense. Brody Lee is a great option. So is Julia Hart. So I didn't include that as one, but I did that with two tag teams. And even though he is not, um, I don't think with AEW, I would love to see Brock Anderson especially if we got Arn back in some big way in the WWE definitely was triple H's main uh, producer throughout most of his career, as well as many other wrestlers like to see him in a weird way, come back home for that element and be there with the son. But obviously they weren't on my list. Uh, Chris, would you like to hear five names? I think could benefit in WWE. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So I got Willow Nightingale, I got Brian Cage, I got Ricky Stacks, I have Wardlow, I have an obvious one, I think, and um, which tag team I'm going to reveal right now, uh, the Acclaim. I think the Acclaim would be great, Chris, because obviously they have a lot of the character work, their audience stuff. And if Billy Gunn were to possibly, inevitably, or at the same time, come with them, uh, that would be also pretty cool. I think Ricky Stark's an obvious one. He's great on the mic. He's good in the ring, but I just feel like he's, for, for being the smallest guy on this list, 
he has a lot of uh, presence that I think that would work well in WWE. Willow Nightingale is an awesome character. Uh, she's got an awesome look, ton of personality. Yeah, we do need to hear more of her on the mic. Uh, but I think that she's got almost everything else. So maybe her going to NXT would benefit her, and we could see what happens from there. Brian Cage, I think it's obvious. He's fucking muscles. If you get him a mouthpiece, I think that he would be really well off. And I think everyone's talked about Wardlow as being someone that would be a smart person to go there, especially I don't know what the fuck's going on now with him, if he's injured or whatever. Um, But I don't know. I, I just feel like... He's money, and he's kind of been wasted uh, from um, AEW a bit. But who's your honorable mention, basically? Uh, I think you named a good one that I didn't think of, which is Wardlow. He's just been gone for so long. Um, Wardlow, Willow Nightingale is also a great choice. Um, They have given her some opportunities in AEW and are utilizing her well. But maybe she could go. I mean, I think if she was in NXT, they obviously she would be, probably be a bigger star. I think she's already kind of ring ready for a lot of that stuff. Um, so it wouldn't be as much pacing as they normally have to put people through. Um, I guess I'll give my five, and then I'll I'll try to think of some more. We're going uh, to WWE, right? So I will give you to WWE. Um, someone I talked about earlier, Lance Archer to WWE think that he would make a huge impact there he's great in the ring he's got the size that they would look for for a monster he could kind of fill that role of what they wanted baron corbin to be on the main roster Um, another one i think is just very underutilized from AEW is josh woods i think he's got a great look good size kind of the thing that wwe looks for solid in the ring i think i would see him more in nxt to flesh out some character development stuff, but uh, someone that I definitely could see going there. Um, <laughs> I, I just noticed that all of mine are like size kings, pretty much. <laughs> the next one I have is Big Bill. Uh, him being this fucking sidekick is a waste of his skills. I think he is good enough. Uh, he has name recognition already in WWE. Uh, if he comes back as Big Cass, you could even bring Enzo back if you wanted to. I think there's something there that you could do with him that would be better than what he's currently doing. Um, the next name that I have is is one that you kind of mentioned as taking them out because you could see a benefit of them going to WWE as a, as a whole. But I have Brody King. Uh, even though I did put over what they're currently doing with him and Julia Hart, I just... He feels fills the gap of what they look for for like a dark, big monster character. Uh, Karrion Cross obviously wasn't able to get over on the main roster. I think Brody King probably could fill in that gap and, and be the guy that they were looking for for that. Uh, he's a great look, great in the ring. I feel like he could work with small guys, big guys, whatever. Uh, he's who I, ha- I had for uh, number four there. And then Parker Boudreaux, because I feel like he got released, went to AEW, has done dick all, and would be better suited going back to NXT for a while because I think he has a look. Uh, pretty athletic, decent in the ring. I mean, former NCAA champion. It's the kind of guy that WWE usually salivates over. And the only reason I could see that he was getting released was just them cleaning up cash flow. Because uh, I don't remember any kind of craziness happening around his release. Yeah. Uh, Parker's a great choice. You had a lot of good ideas. Lance Archer, definitely underutilized. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that list. Um, I guess I, I will list then the last five people 
that I was thinking of since I had 10. Um, but tag team, and these are all pretty big players. I'm not going to lie. I, I just think that possibly utilized differently in another company, um, it would be better for it, more beneficial. One of them is Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs is awesome. He's size. Uh, he's great in the ring. I just don't. They kind of cut his legs out, and I feel like he's the look. He's got a lot of personality. You put him with other people, him with an MVP, that's a great fucking package. Uh, so he's definitely one of them. I know a lot of – I. some of these names, keep in mind, I wasn't even thinking more or less – it wasn't about, like, if they're not doing anything. Some of them are that person, but some of them are still featured high on the card. Sammy Guevara, for instance – um, is doing really well. I just think that he's always going to be Jericho's boy, even if they're trying to establish this. And they're doing a good job, but he's got a lot of presence to him. He's got, you know, uh, he's Hispanic, so it goes into trying to, like, get from that market, which WWE takes very seriously. But he's, you know, from over here. He's a star. I mean, he just, and he's great on the mic. So I'm just thinking the qualities. Um, Thunderosa. I just would like to see her. I think they should be treated better there. I'll just leave it at that. But also, the concept of her interacting with an Oscar, really fucking intriguing, plus all the ladies over there. So so if I got, yeah, I think I have everyone. Make sure stupid thing doesn't want to work. That was four, right, Chris, so far? Yeah, you had uh, you had Sammy Thunder Rosa, um, God, Powerhouse, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, and there was one more in there, right? Uh, that now I'm only counting three. <laughs> oh crap! Um, all right, uh, yeah, actually, that's right because I, I didn't remember them either. Other tag team before I m- mention the number, kind of the number one person, basically. It's kind of the fact that the number one person isn't obvious, but if he stays where he is, he's still one of the top guys. So I would love to see the Lucha Brothers possibly make their jump over to WWE. Once again, you're talking about two of the biggest names in AAA. You're talking about two established characters. I would definitely try to get Alex Aparantes to come with them as that package deal, but them more zoned in. And if you're talking about especially Penta, like I keep on saying. I just think that his insane character, but being tamed down a bit and kind of, not controlled, but like, well, yeah, basically controlled, would obviously benefit them. My number one, with a bullet, is MJF. If you want MJF to go from being a huge star to being one of the biggest superstars out there, especially with all the big names, possibly including CM Punk, that's established right now. I think he's going to be still at the top. I think that he'll have great interactions and feuds with a lot of fucking good potential people. And I still feel like once we get to the bidding war of 2024, he's going to go to WWE. So there you go. I know one thing for sure. The dude's going to get fucking paid. (laughs) Regardless. <laughs> he could take that to the bank. That dude is going to be, uh, if he's smart, he's going to ask for whatever money they're going to be paying Punk or 
or Rhodes uh, or Roman. That's the kind of money that, I mean, he is that company right now. Uh, I could see him sticking around because they gave him a, you know, they're the ones that gave him the shot at the top, but um, he would also be a huge star in WWE. I think you can kind of plug and play him in any company, and I think he would still be a huge star. Uh, the one benefit that he would have in WWE is that everyone kind of works the style that he works, um, and maybe those matches would look, uh, not that he doesn't have good matches, but um, it'd be curious to see what those kind of matches look like. Uh, all right, you ready for my next five? These are all going to AEW. Yeah, what WWE wrestlers even including the list of people that were released, uh, do you think would be better off in AEW from the WWE? We're going to start with a boy we talked about earlier, uh, an absolute monster in the ring, Pete Dudd. I think that he fits in perfectly with kind of your Brian Danielson types. He's got a smaller frame, which WWE, I think, kind of holds against him a little bit. In AEW, he's not a very small guy. So I feel like there's a lot of shit that you could do with him. He could have a huge run there and have some incredible matches and work more of the British strong style that he worked prior to coming into WWE. I mean, he still does, but uh, not to the extent that we've we've seen him in the past on NXT. So that's 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 my first one. Uh, number two here is Blair Davenport. Uh, I wanted her as Bea Priestley. She has been in that company before. I am surprised that they let her slip through the cracks to join NXT UK and now be on NXT because I think she's fucking phenomenal. I thought she was phenomenal in stardom. I think it fills out that roster a little bit better in AEW, um, especially if they're just going to keep her on NXT on prelim matches. Uh, That's a waste of her talent. Uh, It also makes sense with... uh, I can't remember if she is either dating or married to Will Ospreay or Zack Sabre Jr., but there's also a relationship there that would make a lot of sense uh, with those cats starting to work with AEW more. Um, Another one, this is is kind of a free agent, so it's not really WWE to AEW, was Mustafa Ali. I think there is a benefit for him going to uh, AEW, maybe even on the Ring of Honor product to kind of create his new character, what he wants to be. Think he fits that in ring style pretty well, um, and I, you know, he's going to have a natural built-in audience that thinks that he got kind of done dirty in WWE, which we've seen that pay off for other stars. For instance, uh, Brody Lee, when he came from WWE, there's there's that portion of the audience that I think will continue to follow him and would be pretty good, um, pretty good for AEW. Uh, number two, and this is a big name. The New Day. <laughs> so I know that that's like kind of a pipe dream and probably would never happen just because they already have had a Hall of Fame career in WWE. But they've always wanted to work with the Bucks. They've always wanted to work with, uh, like have a big program with FTR, which they never really got to do. Um, and I think that that helps that tag division immediately. And there isn't really any characters in AEW that are like the new day. Um, and especially if you bring the new day in as heels, as opposed to the happy go lucky new day, and you get kind of a different look at what Xavier Woods and Kofi could be as a heel tag team. I think that would be awesome. And then the biggest one on my list, and this is more, not because I think that he'll have amazing matches. I do think he'll have amazing matches, but it is 
easily the biggest star AEW could potentially get viably, and that's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the the big star that if I had to go sign someone, I'm AEW, I want to try to broaden my audience. Brock Lesnar versus Kenny Omega, Brock Lesnar versus Brian Danielson again, Brock Lesnar versus John Moxley again. Um, take the fucking reins off of him. Make him a Don Callis guy. If you want a manager that's like Paul Heyman, there you go. That's built in. I think that he is kind of the perfect choice as far as trying to grow that fan base. All right. That was, you know, and, and, and honestly, I mean, that is actually a feasible answer. I just never even perceived the concept of Brock Lesnar. But, yeah, definitely. And if anyone has a bank account, it's Tony and his father. So. Yeah, um, just crazy. I didn't even think about that. All right, so I guess I will once again, should I just list my whole entire list even though it's 10, Chris? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, One other thing I will say about Brock Lesnar and probably the biggest knock that he has gotten against him now is that he's wrestled everyone in WWE. So that's another reason for uh, him being the number one on my list because he has just beat everyone or lost to everyone that would make sense for him to beat or lose to. Absolutely. All right. Um, I think that you mentioned a couple, so I can just take them off mine. You mentioned Mustafa Ali, you mentioned Ricochet and you mentioned uh, Pete Dunn, right? Peter Dune. I did not mention Ricochet, but that is a great, uh, that would have been someone if I knew we were doing 10 that I definitely would have thrown on the list. Cause I, he has been completely wasted in WWE to me. Even more so than Pete Dunn. I completely agree. I think that he's got a... And I think he's doing what they want, which is growing throughout a couple of years to get to possibly a big spot. Just kind of like fucking Ricochet. Or maybe Tony gets the rights from whoever to be able to get the character of Prince Puma, you know, or Prince Puma or whatever. He just seems like he's tailor-made for that company. Um that you don't need to be the most efficient dialogue script reading person uh, to get over partially that that doesn't matter. And you can have just fucking awesome matches. And uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, definitely a person to mention by himself. I just don't, I mean, I know that there, he is doing everything they want and he talks about being happy at that company, but he's been there for five fucking years at this point. I think this is what Ricochet is going to be in WWE. Unfortunately. Yep. Um, all right. And then from there, I'm gonna I'm gonna also make a, a mention of Dolph Ziggler, but I just feel like that's if Dolph is probably going anywhere, it's probably going to be AEW, and we kind of talked about that last week, so kind of an omission, but uh six people other than that that I could see maybe it's seven people uh, uh going to there. Two of them are tag teams. One is the Viking Raiders. Wouldn't it be great if they all have contracts at the exact same time and then they go and show up as fucking War Machine, AEW, as their more badass counterpart, two tough guys, not fucking completely wasted as, hey, instead of being badasses that have like a Viking look to them, they're fucking Vikings. Like everything. And I know Eric and his wife um, forgot... Both her, oh, Sarah Logan, I forgot what her, uh, whatchamacallit name is, but 
I know they're into Viking culture and shit like that, but like they're better when they're basically supposed to be like an LOD, but they were Viking themed instead of apocalyptic, you know, Mad Max themed. I mean, that's what they were. So them uh, and my other tag team, I I have a lot of worry for Tommaso Ciampa, and I have even more so for Johnny Gargano. I know that they're Triple H guys, but DIY as a fucking tag team getting back together, and I'm going to throw Candice LeRae in there as well, just because she, they're also good friends with the Young Bucks. They're good friends with all those people. Uh, that's a change of scenery where I think that they would be taken seriously like they were in NXT in AEW, that they're not so much on the current roster. Were you going to say something, Mike? No, I mean, those are all great choices. DIY, we kind of talked about it when we were talking about Ciampa. Um, outside of just his loyalty, his and Gargano's loyalty to that company and them kind of sticking with them through injuries. As far as doing something in a big way or having like big, meaningful pay-per-view matches, they make a lot of fucking sense in AEW. Because I, I just don't... Outside of putting DIY back together as a tag team on that main roster... It's been the knock against those two guys for forever. Yeah, they're great on NXT, but what's going to happen when they get to the main roster? And we kind of have seen that uh, with both those guys. So um, those are those are some phenomenal choices. The Viking Raiders is War Machine. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> AEW, me and you've talked about this before. It's okay to put two big guys together and <laughs> make them your big hoss tag team, especially if they were already built for it and have previous uh, have had previous matches in Ring of Honor, the company you own. Uh, I think that's that's also a great choice there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I just and they, they'll be there if they're tag teams, they'll be taken seriously over there. The tag teams I added to WWE from uh, from AEW. They're doing really well where they're at. I just feel like Lucha Brothers and the Acclaimed are big characters. And especially with the Lucha Brothers, since the tag team can be kind of like, who cares, I care, who cares, even though now Triple H is in control of it. You could have Phoenix and fucking Penta go off by themselves. Um, and who say that that Max and Anthony couldn't do that as well? But they would probably be... I, it just it's a different when you're bringing people when you're bringing people from WWF to AEW you're like um, you're thinking high flyers guys that are known for great matches uh, maybe they're and I, I have a couple other people to throw out there but maybe they're Japanese and they're just kind of in the background or part of a large group of people instead of taking you know them as legends if you will. Um, and then when you go with the vice versa, it's the big guys that are wasted over at AEW. Uh, the some of the Mike guys, like MJF, is great, but like Ricky Starks, I just feel like man, he fucking talks and people to watch him. I feel like and Sammy for the same reason, but it's it's different. But with both companies, what I'm saying, Chris. Yeah, I, I think that they both have needs, obviously, and and there's definitely wrestlers that could solve some of those. I, I mean, we didn't include people from you know impact <laughs> they can yeah. be moved to various companies so there's a lot i mean there's a lot to unpack when you start doing this and i mean you know some some of the guys that we've listed obviously are going to have a great career even if they stay where they're at yep um it's more just about how it would be beneficial to the, the company another team that i just thought of that hasn't been utilized in a while and i don't know if it's because one of them are injured 
but could use a complete reset, even if it's just an NXT, is top flight. Yeah, they just had the back-and-forth injury bug. Unfortunately, uh, Darius back-to-back, and then when he comes back, Dante hurts himself and fucking destroys his foot in that fucking dumb table spot with ladders and shit. Ugh. And and for them, maybe they wouldn't have to... Yeah, because they wouldn't have to do as much, you know? Like, maybe maybe them slowing shit down and working the WWE style would help prevent injuries. And I think there is definitely something there with them as a tag team. And uh, there's not a tag team like that in WWE right now. They don't have that uh, next evolution of the Hardys, the Rockers, that type of concept. Um, And I think the Martin brothers could definitely do that. Oh, but uh, sorry. Didn't want to cut you off. I was going to say there, there's a few other people that I just eliminated because I, I just, they've been in WWE previously, so I don't ever see them going back. Um, Christian, for instance, if edge does go back to WWE, I think he would be a good person. If he wanted to flip boats, especially he went off and kind of made his own name. So you would have that Cody Rhodes type reaction to him coming in as a heel. I think that could be entertaining. Um, Samoa Joe, just Joe anywhere is great. I think he's doing really good work in, in AEW as well. I just don't, once again, I don't think he would go back, even if given the opportunity. Uh, even though he d- flourished under Triple H. So if Triple H is taken back over full time, um, that's some of the best Joe shit we've seen. And uh, there was one more that kind of, oh, Taz. <laughs> Taz and Hook, <laughs> mostly because I want Taz on commentary on every show, but also uh, I, I think there's some cool things that you could do with Hook and maybe developing his character a little bit in NXT wouldn't be the worst thing for him instead of just being thrown into matches with other stars because there yeah, definitely was something there. It's def- it's similar to how I feel about Brock Anderson and Arn coming back to WWE. Um, it's what William Regal's doing right now with... Uh, What's his son's name? Charles Dempsey right now. Like, obviously, he's training him behind the scenes. So uh, Taz and Hook would be awesome. Uh, let me throw a couple out there real quick. We, You said it, and I completely agree with it. Cameron Grimes. I mean, I loved him in Impact. Then I loved him in NXT. I just, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. I feel like he could bring some fun stuff to either Ring of Honor or AEW on the the, the main uh, roster. And my last two are, are because I feel like even though, especially one of them, people are going to think I'm crazy, uh, where she's at is great. I just feel like the connection with New Japan, how they respect uh, Japanese wrestling, not saying that WWE doesn't, especially under Triple H. Shinsuke Nakamura, it took them a long time to get me to give a shit about him. And he's had heel turns in the past against AJ, but it was this more recent version of Light. But for the most part, until a little bit in NXT, and that's because he could perform more with his original style, I just think that it's it's been kind of lessened. Uh, if, and I'm not saying I want to see Shinsuke like kick someone in the back of the head as hard as he did back in the fucking, you know, early 2010s. But I'm just saying that 
him if he's stationed over here in the u.s now he doesn't want to fucking move even back to his home country or whatever or maybe he does he's a huge name he's someone if you showed him up in fucking AEW, people would be excited um it's not going to be as big of a deal if you can't do the perfect english fucking promo or anything like that it's shinsuke nakamura huge guy for matches brian danielson you know when he was in the dojo system over there, him and Shinsuke bunked, uh, bunked together. And they've always wanted to have a rivalry. Well, now you get that fucking option. He can do stuff with New Japan, go back and forth from there. You know, I mean, it kind of seems like a duh if Shinsuke doesn't want to continue after his contract's done with WWE. I'm just saying, if you want to see Nakamura back in that form of Nakamura for the tail end of his career, I think it would be more beneficial over in AEW than it is in WWE. Yeah, I've kind of wondered to myself, is it really WWE or is it that Nakamura, one, they haven't had meaningful storylines for him, and two, maybe he just doesn't have that much left in the tank. And I think, that, I think we're going to get that answer in this match against Seth at their upcoming pay-per-view. Because if anyone's going to get a good match out of uh, Nakamura, maybe outside of Sami Zayn, I, I think it would either be AJ or Seth on that roster. So we I, maybe we will see. But um, yeah, I, that that was the one thing when his contract did come back up and he ended up resigning that everyone said was that he really likes living in America and being able to go to the beach and surf. And, um, you know, there's beaches near Jacksonville. You can, uh, yeah. <laughs> you could, you could do the AEW if you wanted to, if they want, if they wanted to take him on. But that being said, I don't know how much money he's making in WWE. They may have, they may have paid him a lot of money to not do that exact thing. Uh, so yeah, he seems, uh, he seems happy. He's doing a great job with this new character. So if they keep this character going and actually have stuff for him to do, I'm excited to see what he can do with it. Um, but still, I mean, his best match was that match against Sami Zayn. And there has not been a whole hell of a lot in between there to write about or talk about with him. Not that he's had bad matches, just kind of, you know, this is not, this is not late fucking 2000s, early 2010 wrestle kingdom, always having a great match with whoever, especially AJ styles, uh, fucking Nakamura. It hasn't been for, for a while, honestly. So yeah, I agree. But hey, that's that's age, you know. Shit happens. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, but it's that's the thing is, is it WWE or is it just that Nakamura hasn't cared because he's not been in anything meaningful? Yeah, no, that's so. I, I think we'll find out <laughs> in the Seth. I think the Seth match will be a good gauge of that. Yep. And the last person I wanted to mention is the current women's champion, actually. Of uh, SmackDown. That's the year Shirai. I just feel like if you had her in AEW, she wouldn't need to be just put with a fucking group for the hell of it. She'd be basically going back to NXT where she, I don't care if she's heel babyface in the middle, but kind of a crazy person uh, with this mystique to her. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that they could use women. They definitely respect Japanese wrestling. They expect. Uh, Yoshi Wrestling, Io Shirai is definitely connected to that. Um, 
obviously. She's one of the biggest names. I know someone's going to be like, well, what about Asuka? I mean, Asuka could too. I'm not saying that she couldn't. Uh, but Io's a bit younger, I guess. So this is more prime time that we're talking about. Asuka could definitely do awesome stuff, have great matches, and be a badass in AAW. I just think that Io, I don't know. And her against Hikaru Shida, her against Britt Baker. You got you got a lot of cool matches. And right now, I just feel like even though she's a champion, she's in Bailey's group. And she's been like that since she came to fucking the main roster after being, you know, a dominant monster in NXT just by herself. So, yeah, that's the last person I think I'll mention when it comes to this, Chris. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is she's at the top of the card. Like, would they waste her? In AEW, <laughs> I don't know. That's, would she be uh, in? Would she be kind of background in a group? You know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true as well. Um, she's great. I, I I am still baffled that they didn't make a bigger run at Carrie Zane, and I wonder why. I, I wonder if it has something to do with. I don't know if there's some kind of heat with stardom or something that AEW has, because they have not went after some of the female superstars I thought that they probably would have, and they tend to sign people from DDT instead. And I know Kenny Omega has a relationship there, but uh, it, that that in itself is kind of surprising. I could definitely see EO there, though. Like, she's better than a lot of the other women they have on that roster. And uh, if you gave her, like, a monster run, um, that could make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. But, you know, who cares about me and Chris when it, when it comes to our thoughts? What do you guys think? You know? Anyone listening, just contact any, you know, me or Chris uh, on Facebook or whatnot. I guess we can use plugs now. I didn't even think about it. But Dane Alves 42 on um, the Twitter machines, Dane Alves on Instagram and Facebook. But, you know, let us know who you think you know, would be better off in the uh, the other company. And don't don't take it personally. Don't get mad. Don't be like, yeah, yeah. If you're a WWE fan or an AEW fan, take your finger out of your ass, and we're just talking about fun stuff of in a different, you know, atmosphere. Where could a wrestler excel better? Does that make sense? There you go. I don't know. Chris, you want to, I guess, give handles, and then we can uh, kind of transition that out of here. Yeah, sure. It's uh, at chris.r.patton on X, Twitter X or whatever the hell. And Facebook, Instagram, christopher.r.patton. Uh, that should also be the same as uh, on TikTok, but I don't use TikTok. So if you try to message me there, I probably won't see it. Well, that's a modesty that I appreciate. Uh, you guys can listen to us on any uh, downloadable platform um, from Spotify to Stitcher to iTunes to YouTube music. Just search. Wrestling Geeks Alliance, um, and subscribe. Give us a, t- a ten star, five star, whatever the the best Dave Meltzer rating. Just try to get as much stars you can in if it's in your Tokyo jump. Just uh, let us know what you think by giving us stars, and we deserve all the stars. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to be Dennis from fucking Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Anyways, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Goodbye, you lovely people. Enjoy uh, enjoy this pay per view coming up. Yeah, enjoy the NXT pay-per-view after you've already listened to it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that pay-per-view and the one tomorrow for AEW, because I'm looking forward to it. Chris is, 
And that's all that matters. But uh, you guys have a great day, night, whenever you're listening to this. And get back to us, like we said online. Uh, Peace out. And let the Geek Fives be with you. Totally fucked that ending. God damn it. (laughs) I'll leave this in here so everyone knows.